Welcome to Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. I'm Zach. And we're going to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about the the whole Twitch fiasco and the whole YouTube exodus thing. And then um, I, I believe we're going to talk about like what role we think we would have on some different uh, sci-fi spaceships, right? Yeah. I, I think that's a fun topic. Love sci-fi shit. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, so did you see anything about this YouTube and uh twitch bullshit uh i don't know i there's been so much stuff coming up lately and everyone bitches about everything so i really don't have the last big thing i heard of honestly was the pornhub thing so or uh not pornhub what the fuck was it mixer no the one where you pay to go look at people oh only fans only fans that's the one yep starting mine tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> unemployment well, benefits sure. are ending so i'm just gonna start in only fans well i would say make sure it's not pornographic but i guess maybe that doesn't matter anymore i don't know what anyone's doing well that i mean i i have kept up with that as well not super closely but i know they did back off on that apparently they did secure funding so they've reversed course on that and then even initially when they said they were going to like ban like sex they were going to still allow nudie pics. You just couldn't be putting shit into other shit. Ah, yeah, I don't know. No, nobody put any, uh, what would you call it, context to it or anything. They're mm-hmm. just like, we heard a little bit of information and this is what's happening. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. Yeah, everybody was all freaking out. And then people started looking into it more. And they were like, oh, well, maybe we fucked up and maybe we should have looked a little harder. Um, So it seems like that whole thing kind of resolved itself, um, at least for the moment. But, like, that shit's just going to keep happening over and over. Yeah. Which I don't don't understand. Why why can't people just, like, pay for sex at this point? We'll do that too, I guess. I, I never understood... The OnlyFans, two months, like, I have a few friends that do it, and, like, I support them, whatever, but I'm just like, but it's the internet. Porn has been free on the internet forever. Why do all these people suddenly think they're going to make a living putting nude pictures of themselves on the internet? I don't. And then the people that are paying for it, I'm like, I don't understand you either. Well, that's my point, though, is, like, why is it okay to be paid to fuck somebody on film? But it's not okay to just pay somebody to fuck them. Like, why is that the bridge that's too far? Like, where? who <laughs> drew that line in the sand? Like, they're like, it's okay as long as we film it. <laughs> like, what? It, it just, it's fucking it, it really, It really doesn't make any sense, I agree. Um, but anyway, the whole thing with Twitch, um, very unrelated, is... Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, today was, um, gosh, what what do they call it? It had a whole hashtag on Twitter. Um, somehow Kotaku is trending instead of this. A day off Twitch. Like a day off of streaming and watching Twitch, basically. Um, Why? So basically what they're saying is like Twitch has a problem where people of color and like 
people that are vulnerable to like basically the LGBTQ whole thing is um, they're they don't have anything stopping predatory behavior towards those people and almost even seem to encourage it with these like harassment raids like a bunch of people will raid a channel with just all hate messages so there'll yeah, be somebody with like I've five seen. viewers and they get like a thousand people in there with racial slurs yeah i've i've encountered some of those people i'm familiar yeah so basically they're everybody's saying like boycott twitch for a day like hey you know walk out of work for a day sort of deal um so they basically had like five hundred thousand less uh viewers and it was something like 12,000 less streamers or something like most people ignored it um but on the same day um which seemed like really really strange timing um two of the biggest twitch streamers like two of the top 10 uh left twitch and are now exclusively streaming on youtube gaming uh tim the tap man and dr lupo I don't understand that move at all. Uh, they paid them millions of dollars to do that. Okay. That I get, I guess, then. <laughs> yeah, um, they didn't just say, I'm going here. They paid them to I do that. I thought it was more of like a statement thing where I'm just like, well, I don't know if Google is really much better than like any other company. No, it had nothing to do with That's what I'm just saying. Like They had like really unfortunate timing that, over there at Twitch on those two things happening the same day. Um, or I guess it's not the same day. I think Dr. Lupo was like yesterday or the day before. And then everybody kind of knew that Tim, the tap man was going to be announcing something over the next like day or two. Um, and it just so happened to be today. So, gotcha. but yeah, they lost two of their biggest streamers and, um, I can't stand him. Like I, I blocked him on every platform that I can. Um, uh, Dr. Disrespect. Uh, he also is suing Twitch for tens of millions of dollars uh, because they did the exclusive contract thing with him during the peak of Mixer when everybody was going over there. Um, so, like, they purportedly gave him, like, $100 million to exclusively stream on Twitch instead of anywhere else. And then they permanently banned him and like removed him from the platform like he can't even show up on somebody else's stream or those people will get banned. Oh. So he has this contract that they then wouldn't tell anybody what part of the contract that he broke that they banned him for or what he did to deserve that. They just banned him permanently. And for months didn't tell anybody and finally lawyers made them tell him and his lawyers what they did and they said oh okay well that's stupid we're gonna sue you for like a hundred million what so, was the reason nobody knows yet they haven't oh, told anybody okay. but his lawyers so but he well, did that a, sketchy yeah he he did a thing saying like hey um, I did find out the reason, and it's real fucking stupid, and we're suing... He's, I forget what he said. I think he said we're suing the shit out of them or something like that. Um, but yeah, like, there's a lot of speculation that they only 
gave him the contract because of the competition with Mixer. And he was like the biggest streamer at the time. So once Mixer went away, everybody's speculating that they just decided they wanted to cut his contract and cut their losses. And that's the reason. They don't have a real good reason of any kind. They just kind of threw something out there. Yeah, but also he's the guy that previously had been banned from Twitch for live streaming during, I think it was like E3 in the bathroom. Like he just walked in with a, like, you know, backpack rig and live streamed him walking into the bathroom. That's ballsy and I love it. But also illegal. (laughs) So. um, But still ballsy and I do love it. Yeah. But like on one hand, I can't stand that guy. Um, but I very much agree with him suing the shit out of him. Yeah, they, for sure. They, they had that coming. Um, and you two, you said there was a thing with YouTube. Uh, well, the thing with, uh, Dr. Lupo and Tim, the Tatman moving to YouTube gaming and them Mostly. basically saying like, Hey, we're, we're planning on being the next Twitch. Um, well, I know a lot of people have been getting mad at YouTube over their like censorship role lately. So that's probably going to be an issue with a lot of people. Well, not too long ago, remember, uh, Twitch had a problem where they were permabanning people because they were getting three copyright strikes. Like, they didn't announce that, like, hey, you know, we're going to ban people for copyright strikes until they implemented it, and it was retroactive. So if you, like, had been streaming on Twitch for, like, eight years and you were, like, the number one top streamer, And, like, maybe your first, like, ten videos had, like, you know, whatever popular song playing as your intro or something. Yeah. Or you were just listening to music all stream long. Um, They could permaban you for three copyright strikes. And then once everybody kind of got over that initial shock and they kind of moved past it and, like, walked it back a little bit and, like, unbanned some people... um, they said, hey, you need to go and delete all of your clips and all of your past videos if you don't want them to be up for DMCA strikes. So everybody was pissed about that. But most people complied and went and deleted all of their videos. Which is a pretty big fucking deal, honestly, on its own. I mean, Come- they, both, they both suck, but I just kind of feel like there's no good platform to be on at the moment. No. And then, so it gets worse, though. So a couple of months after that, like a month or two later, come to find out all those videos you deleted, um, they weren't actually really deleted. And even though you couldn't go look through them and nobody could watch them, the copyright claims could still be issued to those videos. So like another huge wave of people got permanently banned from Twitch for videos that they had followed the direction and deleted them. And they still got permabanned for having those videos ever have happened. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Like, it's one thing to say, hey, do this and you're okay. And then to go back on them and say, LOL, not really. Fuck you anyway. Like, that seems like some suable bullshit to me, too. I don't know how these companies have gotten away with so much of the shit that they've gotten away with. Well, I mean, there's just nowhere else to go, right? Yeah, that's that's why when people get 
like permanently banned on Facebook, they just go make a new one with a fake name. Like, yeah, but I think that's why we need, like, we need to break up stuff like YouTube gaming and Twitch and Facebook gaming and all that crap. Um, and just a lot of these tech companies in general just need to be broken up entirely. Like, that's fine. If there's no place to stream, then somebody's absolutely going to make it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I agree. But, like, the problem is, is, like, all these companies start and they can't afford to implement all these complicated features. Like, Twitch has, like, what, 12 years, 10 years of experience adding features and getting more and more involved and... Like, they're just now adding some shit that people have wanted for 10 years. And if you go look at, like, YouTube gaming, like, they barely have a fucking directory at this point. Like, it's nearly impossible to find anybody on either Facebook gaming or on YouTube gaming unless they're, like, a featured top streamer or you already know who you're looking for. Yeah. So like, yeah, I agree. Like they should, there should be more diverse options, but like there's not even options at this point. Like the only fully developed streaming platform is Twitch. Yeah. Like it's, it's very, very difficult to stream on Facebook gaming. Like I did it for a while alongside a Twitch stream and I did a few Facebook exclusive streams and it's just like, it's such a shit show because their whole system is people are literally commenting on a, what is a Facebook post that your stream is live. So you just end up with like 700 comments on a Facebook post. It's just a terrible implementation of that system. And then YouTube is basically the same thing where people are just commenting on a video. Yeah. So it's, like, neither of them are good as far as that goes. Like, even Mixer was more well put together, and that thing was a fucking travesty of its own. So, like, there's legitimately just not a good platform. And if you want any sort of, like, features and, like, statistics, like, literally the only place to go is Twitch. Well, that's why I don't understand why there isn't more, like... I don't know. I, I don't really understand how antitrust legislation works because I'm always told it's meant to break up monopolies. But right, then, but whenever there's, there's yeah, there's whenever monopolies there's clear, everywhere. whenever there's clear monopolies, they're just like yeah, accept all of the monopolies. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I mean, I legitimately can't get any internet at my house other than Xfinity or Comcast, whatever you want to call them. Like, I, I literally have no other choice. There's not another option. And people will be like, oh, there's, there's the rural one that, you know, you can get satellite internet. And I'm like, okay, but that's not broadband. Like, it's literally not the same product. You know? That's like, yeah, there, there's one, one brand of car. And if you don't like that brand of car, well, just fucking go get a bicycle, man. <laughs> like, like, it's literally equivalent of being like go from a car to a bicycle and still drive your hour to work it just doesn't work like i guess i just won't then so like if that's allowed to continue like of course they're not gonna fuck with companies that are even bigger than those you yeah know what i mean 
Absolutely. So I, I don't see Twitch going away or anything. Um, but I kind of do expect YouTube gaming to kind of take off because I've seen this pretty pervasive trend of all of the streamers starting to like either have somebody they're paying somebody to like chop up their streams into like clips for like YouTube highlights or they're making like exclusive, like they're going to be like, okay, viewers, I'm going to make a YouTube video. I'm silencing all my, you know, emotes and commands and shit. So be quiet for a few minutes or whatever. Um, so people are like literally making YouTube content purposefully while they're streaming on Twitch. And like, that's why I stream on Twitch most of the time when I do so that I can go and clip whatever exciting or interesting moment it was and show to people, whether it be my friends or put it on YouTube or put it on Reddit, but it always goes up on YouTube first. Like I never like tweet out a link to like, check out this sweet Twitch video. <laughs> like I just don't use Twitch that way. So like, I wouldn't be shocked if YouTube actually does start implementing some of these features that people want. Um, because they've had the time to kind of like sit and watch Twitch and see what they've done right and what they fucked up. And I don't think, I don't think any of that's going to matter. Honestly, what I see happening is, is uh, YouTube gaming is going to try and they're going to fail. Probably. Um, and they're just gonna, chance that happens. And they're just gonna buy slash take over Twitch. They're hundred percent not gonna buy Twitch. Honestly, I'm I don't know. We we I think we have like a decade before Google and Amazon are just one company because that that is more likely than one of them buying yeah. the other one property. Well, I I think there's gonna be like a merger kind of thing. Like either they're just gonna get rid of it altogether. Um or something, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, Amazon and Google are going head-to-head, and they're both too fucking big, and either one of them's going to get crushed, or they're both going to merge. Like, there's no way. So, I do think, like, Google and Facebook and Amazon, they all have antitrust stuff going against them right now. And I think that it's pretty likely that we see Amazon not sell off twitch but i see them separate from twitch and like spin it off as its own entity um i think that's pretty likely at some point just so that they can be like look we don't have that part of the brand anymore we're we're complying and it's not antitrust violation um because like twitch doesn't make them that much money like it makes some money but it's not like you know it's not like the, it's not like Amazon sales, um, and I could see them getting rid of like Audible and like you know their ebook thing. Um, like they're gonna, I think they more than likely will start cutting off pieces into like separate businesses that ultimately the funds go to the same place. Um, and then if one of those fail, like oh well, it wasn't that big of a piece of the brand anyway. Um, well, if I see that happening, uh, just I'm because just saying it's I, like it's a possible scenario. It's pretty unlikely. It's it's possible, and I think that's what would have happened because that's more or less what we saw like when we were kids with like the phone companies and shit. But yeah, um, they pretty much all just ended up merging back together. 
And I think at the end of the day, you're just going to see, uh, you're just going to see our government do really nothing about it altogether. Yeah, I think that's will be like, like a, is that they do really nothing. They'll do like a song and dance and maybe even have like a court hearing and then ultimately be like, well, they tried and it just didn't work. And it, it seems like it's not that big of a deal. Somebody else, like, there's nothing stopping anybody else from trying is what yeah. it always comes down to. And it's like, well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things stopping them actually. There's nothing stopping them except all of the reasons that they can't. Yeah. Except for <laughs> these 6 billion reasons that all happen to be dollar bills. Yeah. Um, like the other thing is like, it's kind of, it's kind of counterintuitive, but for somebody like me, it shouldn't matter which streaming platform I'm using. Theoretically, because like, I don't have that many viewers anyway. So starting somewhere else is not that big of a deal other than like, Oh, I, you know, I, there's not as many people to come and watch my stream on Facebook or YouTube. Right. Like that's the one problem. Right. Um, but it, it really does fuck over the people that are like, you know, they're affiliates or new partners and they have like maybe a hundred viewers, 50 viewers a stream. Like maybe they're just barely scraping by as a full-time streamer or they're just doing it as like a second job sort of deal, you know, kind of like Kyle after dark. Um, like it's his second job again now, even though he's been doing it full-time for like two years. I don't um, think anybody, I don't think these companies really want anyone to succeed as a streamer, to be honest. I think they go out of their way to make sure you can't really live on that. No, they don't want people to be hugely successful because it just takes away from their existing cash cows and puts more risk on them accidentally partnering somebody that's secretly a piece of trash. Think they care about that at all? I mean, most of the people that run these companies and or the uh, politicians they buy are all pieces of garbage, and we don't care about that either. Um, no, I, I think it's more they don't want to build an economy where everybody is, you know, basically just entertainers at this point. Now there's nobody working, even though all the jobs suck and there's not enough of them to go around. And they're like, oh no, not an alternative. Right. I mean, because let's think about it, like. What happens if you're somebody that lives in the middle of nowhere or you're someone that's in a disadvantaged community and all of a sudden you can make a lot of money by just sitting at home and playing video games instead of having to go into massive amounts of debt struggling to like buy an apartment? Yeah, no, I Well, and you get the you get the same kind of treatment for people these people that have OnlyFans accounts where maybe they're doing like, you know, bikini streams or posting pictures of them, you know, in a shower with their tits barely covered up, like not even real nude. And people will judge them and say, well, you're just a, you know, you're a fucking whore. You don't even have a real job. Like they're making like 10, 20 grand a month versus, you know, their alternative being work in a factory or be like retail or food service and make not enough to live. Well, and I, and you've been we've been seeing for years the crusade against any kind of pornography anywhere. Like suddenly we decided in this country that porn was bad, which I again can have to <laughs> fucking. I'm sorry, I don't know what part of the '90s, 2000s I grew up in, but that shit was everywhere. But no, it's like I remember when Tumblr tried to do that shit. They Tumblr was like, shit. 
we're going to try to remove all the pornography off of here. And then literally everyone stopped using Tumblr. And then OnlyFans, which is literally only known credibly in a wider audience for being the place where you go see nudie pics. They were just like, oh yeah, no, we're against this. It's like, are you high? Right. Like, that that makes no sense. That's like, that's like having a store where you sell oranges and like one banana. And you're like, well, our bank doesn't like oranges, so we're only selling bananas. <laughs> it's like, what? But, but that's your whole store. They're like, no, 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 look over here. We've got one banana. Would you like it? It's only twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> like what? And then and then everybody is like, "No, we don't want the banana." And now all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, it turns out we were able to find a bank that does, in fact, like oranges as well." So, it it's just I I don't understand if it's just pure laziness and they just didn't want to look into like changing their banking structure or like maybe they lose like 5% more money on like their transactions or whatever through this new bank. And they just, you know, the, the money people were like, no, you can't do that. And then they came back and said, Hey, if we don't do that, we're going to lose 90% of our revenue. And maybe that 5% isn't so bad. Right. And they're like, okay, yeah, I guess you're right. We'll do the paperwork. There's just a lot of the way that we structure things. Like, we always go after, like, pornography and shit. And then there's other little things. Like, I know this is a weird thing, and I'll tie it together. Um, but, like, animals. Like, I've realized it's gotten progressively harder over the years to just, like, you know, have a dog and then also live. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have any of the most common breeds of dogs, like, virtually every apartment everywhere won't let you be insured so you can't rent there right i just feel like there's this big crusade of like no america is for working and we're going to make literally everything else illegal stop having fun yeah it's like okay yeah and at the same time they're like yes but you can bring your emotional support peacock on the flight with you sir (laughs) it's like what like Mm. and like they've cracked down on that again too but, like, I guess the solution is be, like, register your dog as an emotional support animal, and maybe they let you then? I don't know how that works. As far as I knew, that was already a thing, and then they just made the laws lax, I guess, so they had something to complain about. Like, I don't really know what what's going on with that. I've seen so many people with emotional support dogs. Yeah. We're like, I, I could tell you the dog's not trained. no it's not that hard no most of them that i see are teeny tiny little dogs that don't do anything and they're not trained they just stand there or they you know sit in a bag or purse or carry them i had somebody that brought one to work it was like a it was like bigger than lou like it was a big dog yeah it like didn't know to run up on people and it wouldn't stay still and it just i was like this is not like, it's my emotional support animal. I'm like, that's not an emotional support animal. My dogs better behave, and she's not even trained to be an emotional support animal. What are you talking about? Right, and what they're saying is like, oh, it, it's supportive just by they're near me. Which I, I get that to a point, but like, if that's your argument, it better be one of those tiny tiny breeds. Well, it's, it's really weird. Like, 
and it was a little more political, but like it's really weird when I see people get on TV and they're yelling shit where they're like, oh, they're, you know, liberalizing, you know, public institutions and all this other crap. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. They're saying like a bunch of dumb shit. And then I see some of the stuff that actually happens at the schools. Like I had to have training not that long ago that was about uh, uh, like tra- the, the whole transgender thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, basically, if uh, if a kid comes up and tells you he's a different gender, you just have to believe him and allow him to whatever bathroom he wants, and you can't ask questions. And I'm like, um, that doesn't seem smart in a high school. Like, maybe that's just me. Yeah. Like, maybe you need something a little more substantial than that, but no. Yeah, I... The problem is they don't want to figure out how to set rules up around that because like, I agree. Like that seems like a minefield walking into that, trying to like regulate it because that issue does exist. Like you said, where like some pervert could just be like, I identify as whatever I want to go look at. And suddenly they can. So it's like, it's too easy for people to take advantage of, but also it's too easy for people to screw up regulating it. And like yeah, everybody wants to say, oh, let people that actually are whatever it is we're trying to regulate be the ones to decide how it works. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't work either because they don't know how to do that. And they don't know how to do. Like it's not as simple as just like, I think it should work this way. Because yeah. like it, you know, and everybody's like, oh, we'll get together a group and let the group decide. Okay, but have you ever been in a group? There's a lot of stupid, loud people that end up in a group. Like, yeah. It, a group of who? Doing what? Yeah, like, none of those are good solutions. And, like, yeah, it's difficult, but, like, I'm sure there's some solution there, and just nobody is able to actually take that on because it's like a death sentence for your career. Like, there's, it's a lose-lose. I don't know. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, it, it's infuriating. I'm, t- I'm tired of I'm tired of all that crap, and I'm tired of all the censorship nonsense. Like, so I'm supposed to accept people when they tell me that, like, if a guy walks up to me and says I feel like a female, I'm supposed to just blindly acknowledge that without asking any questions. But then, if my favorite YouTuber tells me he thinks the vaccine might be bullshit, then he's supposed to be perma banned from everything. I, I don't really. I don't know. I don't understand the rules or the censorship or the lack of censorship or the lack of rules. I, I don't really understand anything that goes on anymore. I I just I don't care if somebody decides they want to identify as whatever at any point. I just don't want them to tell me that I have to care because there's a lot I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't affect yeah. me one way or another 99.9% of the time. So, like, fuck you, I don't care, I guess. Like, I, I'm glad for you. You you be what you want to be. Go go be all that you can be. Be all that you can be. Um, But, like, do it over there. Like, yeah. don't bother me. Like, we are supportive of whatever the fuck you're doing. We just don't want to hear about it all. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I can't be bothered. I'm sorry. Like, I'm happy for you, but not happy enough to care. Like, <laughs> like just please no, don't bother me. Like, And it's not that, like, I don't want to be inconvenienced. 
I just don't want it to be an issue for anybody. Yeah. But like, there's shitty predatory people that take advantage of it and they fuck it up for everybody. No, you're right. So that's the real problem is those shitheads. We should figure out a way to deal with those shitheads. Let's discourage that behavior. We need a new third party. It's called the anti-shithead party. I don't really know what we're about other than how do we deal with these shitheads. Other than fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Or girl. Or whatever they identify as. What's your guys' plan? Dude, honestly, I don't know, but nobody else seems to have one either. So we're just fucking fuck those people. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) We have identified a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. That is our agenda. (laughs) That That is all. Um... Anyway, we should talk about spaceships. I love spaceships. jobs on them. Um, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to be like, you know, like, there's different, like, spaceships, and there's different, like, you know, you could go, I want to be like, I'm on a Star Wars spaceship, I'm on Star Trek, I'm on a Firefly craft, you know. So, yeah, I do think we have to identify different kinds of spaceships and different... And the only way to do that is to look at the different universes. And I feel like Star Wars is a good place to start. Because there's a lot um, of options there, too. Like, all the I, way from, like, single single fighter craft or transport craft all the way up to Star Destroyer and Death Star. I, I, I kind of have a very different look on it. I feel like there is, there is, but there isn't really a lot to choose from. Because in Star Wars, almost everything you see is like a one-man thing. And if you get the bigger ships, like the fucking Star Destroyers and whatnot, your job is either you're a person that works the ship itself, a person that flies one of the little fighters, or you're just some asshole that does literally what you could have been doing anywhere else. Right. That or, like, maybe maintenance crew. Yeah. Like I, there's, there's definitely scenes where there's like people working on shit in the, the large spacecraft. Yeah. Like there's just like worker, like, I don't know if I compare it to like, say Star Trek, where it seems like the majority of the people on that ship are there because they're doing a thing. It's more like a real spacecraft. Yeah, like, you needed to... You, you can't just be an engineer. Like, you need to be a starship engineer. As to where I feel like in Star Wars, they're just like, I don't know, we need people that know engineering to go be on our spaceship. You know? Right. So, I don't know. I feel like Star Wars, there's not a lot of options to choose. It's like, would you rather be a fighter, or uh, would you rather run the starship, or would you rather just be a low-paid piece of shit? Like, which one's your favorite option? Well, or you could be, like, a commander or the actual pilot, because there is somebody driving those things. That's what I said, the people that actually work the ship. Like, the, well, yeah, like all the you've people got like the, the There's definitely, like, I, I guess what I was thinking is you've got, like, a radar operator. You've got, like, a communications operator. You've got the person actually driving. You've got the commander that's, like, telling them, like, you know, what to do or where to go. And then, yeah, you've got the support staff, like the engineers and the repair crew. And then, yeah, the fighters and, you know. But what's the, what's the real difference? Like, okay, so if you're in the Star Trek universe, right, if you're an engineer, you could be doing any number of things from, like, working on, like, the holodeck and hollow suites to, like, the engine to, you know, like, there's a lot of things you do as being part of the engineering class, right? Um, but then when you get to uh, Star Wars, 
it's it's just it's just a job. Like you could be a radar guy or you could be this guy, but you're both sitting in a chair just pressing a button. You don't well, really I guess have... I guess I wasn't thinking about it from the point of view of like the movies where it's a pretty poor like showcase of you know what those people are actually doing. Like the books go into a lot more detail on that. And I even some of the, the newer stuff. Um like it's one of the big things in like the Mandalorian show. Like it shows the Mandalorian and like baby Yoda, like actually inside the ducting in the ship working on the different parts. Um, and then like, you know, they use droids for a lot of the maintenance tasks. Um, and that's a pretty big difference between like Star Trek and Star Wars too, is like the droids in Star Trek are more like humanoid for the most part. Um, whereas in star Wars, there's fucking more droids than humans or aliens. They're just fucking everywhere. Um, so yeah, I think the maintenance aspect of star Wars is pretty irrelevant. Um, but as far as like the people operating different shit on the ship, like the only kind of like showcase of that really is like with the millennium Falcon where they've got like Han driving, and then later on, you've got like Ray and Han like arguing and different people wanting to drive. And then you've got Chewbacca running like all the other systems aside from, you know, he's kind of like the co-pilot, right? Yeah. Um, and then you've got gunners. And then they could have the- and then they could have an engineer and Ray ends up becoming the engineer. Um, but like that ship in particular, like Han just did everything himself because he was a smuggler and didn't want a crew. Right. There does seem to be like a few key differences with ships in Star Wars, and Millennium, Millennium Falcon being one of them, but also like the uh, the ship from Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, because that kind of was the same way, right? That had more of the traditional like there's different stations, and it's like Mass Effect, where like the different characters you bring on are good at this part of the ship, whether it be like research or gunning right. or navigation. That was kind of like the hybrid between star Wars and Trek where you've kind of got like, you're kind of just this station and you don't really do anything particularly most of the time, but like they very much do have specific jobs on like star Wars, which seems to be more generic. Um, but like a lot of the books, there's like a lot more with like the crews of the, the ships, but they're also like star Wars tends to simplify its space travel a lot to where like a single, you know, a single man craft can do interstellar travel, like no problem, which is pretty unrealistic. Um, and risky as shit. Like if you're, you know, if you're a good driver, but you have no mechanical skills whatsoever, and your droid breaks down on top of your ship breaking down, like you're just fucked out somewhere in the galaxy, right? Yeah. Um, so like that, that's kind of an interesting juxtaposition too. Um, but like, I definitely feel like there's, there's choices in star Wars. Um, so like, I'm just curious, like what position or what job comes to mind for you? Like, are you like, Oh, I would just be the driver or the pilot probably would end up just being like a pilot or a captain or something because like i love driving any number of vehicles yeah that's kind of what i was thinking too that's really where i'm at for a lot of that and when i think about the other positions i'm like well i love i love the idea theoretically of being like in the science 
but I'm not that good at science. Neither with engineering. I'm not, I mean, I can barely use a hammer. Like I'm, yeah, I, I'm not mechanically inclined the least bit, but like I am like computer mechanically inclined. So like I, I could see myself being like a systems engineer or something like that. Like somebody repairing, you know, wiring and shit like that, even though I don't love doing that. Like I'm okay at it. I feel like I have enough knowledge like if we were in the equivalent universe, I could probably do something more like being a captain or like a, a first officer kind of thing. Yeah, because I think I could understand technology well enough to be like, this is the problem, uh, and then also be smart enough to tell an engineer, hey, go fix it, because I definitely fucking can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Now, as far as being a pilot, I, I just like in this world, I don't want to be a bus driver, and I don't want to be a truck driver because it stresses me out driving those things. But, like, for some reason, I lean more towards the fighter pilot. Like, yeah, it's a lot more dangerous, but I'm also just more comfortable doing that. Yeah. So, like, I would say if I'm not going to pick, like, just, you know, captain of, like, you know, pick pick a ship, the equivalent of the Millennium Falcon Slave 1, which isn't called the Slave 1 anymore, by the way. Um, I, I would definitely lean more towards being either like an X-Wing or a TIE fighter pilot or even a bomber. Just, just not a Y-Wing. I'd probably want to fly an A-Wing. I like the A-Wing. Wait, which one is the Y-Wing? The bomber. It's got, it literally is in the shape of a Y. It's kind of bulky. Has the two stems coming off the back. Oh, that's probably the one I'd go for, honestly. I think it just looks dumb. I feel like I wouldn't have the spatial awareness necessary for the X-Wing. And those, the wings being out and spread and as thin as they are, like, I feel like I would just end up breaking them on something. Like, I don't know. See, you you would like the A-wing then because it's real sleek and narrow and it's kind of short and stocky, but it's got like big firepower. It's super fast, but it's slim. I would just thought that was uglier. Like, not that the, not that the Y-wing is anything fun to look <laughs> right. at, but... I, I like the A-Wing aesthetic. I, that's always been my favorite fighter, um, other than the TIE fighters and bombers. I Like, the bad guys always have the cool-looking shit, right? So, what if it was something like um, uh, Elite Dangerous? So, I mean, like, that one's kind of easier to, to figure out, right? Um... Because really, you're just kind of picking the ship, like what you want to do as far as like a job. Because at most, they're like two or three person ships and there's only really one pilot. Like there might be somebody that handles like, you know, your uh, fighter wing or your um, systems, like your power to engines, you know, systems, speed. I think it kind of depends because there's a lot of things you can do. It's I think the biggest problem is the fact that like there's no reason to do most of them in the game. Like well, if you I, I just wanted... mean like do you want would you rather be like somebody driving a mining ship or would you rather be someone driving you, you know, know the for, space bus? Like you could be somebody in a ship that's taking care of like the guns and targeting. Or you could have someone in the ship that's there for, like, navigation. The problem is just the game is set up so that, like... There's really no reason to do that. One one person could just do all those anyway. Right. 
So like you never really need that person. It's just kind of there for role playing purposes. Yeah, but like it, it exists. It's a thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess if that were like reality, um, I would probably. I mean, I guess I would just want to be the pilot because I like exploration. And if I couldn't do that, then I would probably say I'd want to run the mining lasers on a mining ship. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I think we both have come to the understanding that we'd probably be like captains or command or something like that. In um, in those universes, yeah. Now, when it gets to other universes, like I think Firefly is a fascinating one. Because I think my answer is still very much the same there. I mean, that's that's a strong choice for me for sure. But I'm I'm also pretty okay with being like the tech guy on the ship. Like I think I feel like that's a much stronger, more valuable role in that universe. I feel like if I was in that universe, I would a hundred percent be a leaf on the wind. Yeah, not me. Yeah, I I would be a fucking pilot, like hundred percent. I see. In that case, I would rather be the commander than the pilot. No, yeah, no, not me. Uh, I'm pretty solid for pilot in either pilot or captain in most situations. But in that universe, I don't know. Those ships seem, I guess, because they seem more authentic. Like in a lot of sci-fi, right? The spaceships seem like spaceships. In Firefly, the spaceships just seem like cars. They do, and they break down a lot. <laughs> Like, yeah, like they have serious yeah, trouble. Um, like that's not even really a thing in Star Wars, aside from like the Millennium Falcon. Like that's the only ship that fucking ever really breaks down, short of like crash landing. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, no. Luke Skywalker drives his fucking X-wing into a swamp, and he just jumps in it later and flies off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It's so nobody's like on a, you know, fucking uh, Star Destroyer like, oh, shit, the engines are out. Somebody go fix that. <laughs> like they're like, no, nah, man, we blew up. <laughs> 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 Whereas like, you know, you're absolutely right with like Firefly, like those ships is like, oh, man, we fucking blew a spark plug. Can somebody go fix that shit for me? It's like um, the one episode of Firefly where they're like going to see the ship for the first time and they're basically just walking around a used car lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, and like every, like they have a similar scene in uh, the newer Star Wars movies where like guys walking around wanting to buy a ship and, you know, the guy like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's a piece of shit, but it'll fly. It's like that's every ship in that universe, short of like you know, the Imperial fighters, and Imperial yeah. Navy. Like everything else is a piece of shit, but it all works perfectly. <laughs> so, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of universes where that's the case, where the the ships are overly reliable because they don't want to spend time with a ship as a character. Whereas in Firefly, the ship is one of the main characters. It's, it's literally called the, the the show is literally based off of the ship's name. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty rare. I mean, like Mass Effect is kind of the only other one that you know puts a lot of emphasis on the actual ship itself. So, so I've been replaying Mass Effect, and it's a little hard for me because 
when it comes to the ship, because I feel like they really try to get you invested in Normandy. Um, yeah, they do. And and why? Yeah, I I don't like, want to spend all that time running around. Yeah, it's a nice enough ship, but there's really nothing to do inside there besides change equipment and have meaningless conversations with your companions. And I'm like, if I actually got to fly the ship around or make modifications to it, I'd be like, oh, this is dope. I love my ship. You know, just like if you're playing a game where you get your own player housing or something like that. Yeah. And you're like, this is mine. In the Normandy, they just, you know, you're just a part of the ship and then they give it to you and you're like, this is how I get from A to B. I don't know. It's not that exciting. I don't well, really care and about like, it. That, there's another game that's kind of like that, which is Outer Worlds, where the ship has a lot of personality via the computer and there's like people on the ship that you can talk to a la Mass Effect. Um, but at the same time, when you actually want to use the ship, you literally go talk to a computer and say, drive me here. And you, you go to a loading screen and you're there. So like, you're right. I think outer worlds is slightly better though, because I feel like, especially with the AI, that ship does have some personality. Oh, for sure. Um, it's more engaging. And things really evolve over time. It's not just people standing in different spots, but there are different as you get more companions and move on with the story, there are other new things in there where if like people are upset and trying to get away from people, like now they're hanging out in the engine away from everyone else. Like I feel like they, that game made you care about the ship a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. It's not, it, it's it, not a, it's a glorified difference. taxi. Yeah. Um, it is. But yeah, there, and there's a lot of that in video games too. I mean, that's well, and, all over and so the place. I'm interested to see where Starfield's going to go, right? Because I've seen what kind of world is crafted by Star Citizen and Elite. And I, I don't know which one is the better method. Because I feel like Elite makes me not give a shit about my ship hardly at all. Yeah. Other than when I f- one. Because you do nothing but spend your time in the ship. And so the ship basically just becomes a different HUD overlay. With, like, a 3D representation. Um, And Star Citizen emphasized the ships less, but they were all still very critical to the game, and I think it made me care about my ship more. I definitely care about my ships more in Star Citizen, for sure. I, I didn't get far enough into the game to really care about the ship one way or the other, other than it looked pretty cool. Um, I definitely thought it was more engaging just utilizing the ship. Um, but I actually prefer the like UI and I, the functionality of the ships in elite dangerous. I prefer that method. Um, but I, I definitely prefer the universe of star citizen. Well, and I, I've talked about this before, but one of the big things for me is that like, so we'll have trips in Elite Dangerous, and flying around Elite Dangerous honestly is probably one of the things I absolutely fucking hate about that game, because there's a lot of jumping. It's very technical, to... but benign. Yeah, like you you spend a lot of time jumping from A to B, and it just seems unnecessary. Like, why can't I just automate this to fly straight towards the next thing I need to go to? Right. right. And it starts Citizen, you do. You just fucking fly there, and there's not a lot to do. But you can get out of your seat, walk around, look at shit inside. And they set it up like you can actually lay down on a bed and there's a TV there. Now the TV doesn't do anything. 
but how dope would it be if they implemented the TV to actually doing something while you're right, like, like it showed like a movie Twitch stream kind of or thing. something. Yeah, like I think that's another reason I cared about my ship more because what's like you can pick any ship you want in Elite Dangerous, right? But it doesn't really matter how cool the ship looks or how you think the inside would look because you're only going to see the cockpit, right? Ever, you know? It, it's not that unlike uh, Eve, where the ship is basically just a set of stats. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of that at all. Um, so another interesting one that doesn't necessarily fit with the, like, what position would you have, but, like, more in the vein of what we're discussing with, like, the difference in ships and stuff, but did you see the huge new update for No Man's Sky today? Uh, no, I know, I know that there was one, but I so, seen what's in it. So they basically made it so that you can build an actual colony like you can build cities in the game now and oh, basically so be the mayor um and there's like you know ai like disputes and warring factions that you can like settle or fight and kill the enemies of um or like you know diplomacy your way out of it um and you can actually like build up a city on a planet and have commerce and all that sort of thing. Um, as well as like a bunch of other features they added, which is pretty cool. Um, but that's another game where like your ship is like a very critical part of the game. Like one of the big parts of that game is like hanging out on different space stations, waiting for that perfect ship to go by or like buying ships to strip them and sell them for money. Um, I got very far into like buying ships in that game, but I think I always really disliked it because I didn't really need to look at most of the ships in that game, and I didn't care. Once again, it was just another HUD. Uh, well, just but like you actually see dangerous. the ship. You do, and it doesn't matter that you do. Um, just like in Elite Dangerous, at the end of the day, that one also just comes down to stats, like. The only real reason I'm upgrading from this ship to this ship is because this ship can hold more shit. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and the other, I mean, the one aspect it does have going for it is you can actually outfit it with meaningful things like weapons, um, different systems. So if like you don't want to deal with a certain problem, you can outfit the ship to not be affected by something. Um, as well as like jump range and a lot of the similar elite dangerous stuff you can affect. Um, and that is another game where you can literally just jump anywhere you want, basically. But you have to jump multiple times. So, like, when I wanted the Normandy for my fleet and my fleet carriers, because that's all it is, is a set of stats, and you can see it floating out there in space and fly around it. That's all you can do with it. Um, oddly enough, I don't think you can actually board the Normandy. Um But I wanted to get that to have in my fleet because it was a limited time event. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I'd like to see that thing floating around in space. Um, so in order to get it, I had to go do... It was something like 14 or 29 jumps in a row to get to the place where I needed to go to complete the mission. And it was literally just like 40 minutes of sitting there jumping from place to place manually. Like, Which, that's like, look, a shit gameplay uh, loop. I'm here for the uh, the super realistic space travel simulator thing, okay? 
But like, come on, that this is not fun. Stop. And there's please, nothing please, please realistic about it. Like, it, it's a lot like Elite Dangerous, where you just like click the button and you just go. No, but I understand people. Like a lot of these games are trying to get away from just, you know, you just go from point A to point B because part of the padding of the game is like trying to feel like you're living life in a space, you know, in a in a ship. Right. I'm like cool, but like the having to manually readjust my navigation over and over again, not the way to go. The only benefit that you do get in that game is you do have your um, cruiser or whatever it's called, capital ship. And you do get to actually design the interior of it. And there is actually a crew. So you actually can outfit the layout of the capital ship and like build a farm inside of it and like, you know, have a teleportation room. You can have your holodeck basically. Um, Like they, they do give you that customization there. Um, And now the fact that you can build cities on top of it, like, I feel like that is like that game is kind of becoming the game that Elite and Star Citizen wanted to be. Let's see what happens. I would love to upgrade my computer still so that I could actually play Star Citizen cuz Star Citizen like I actually got to play that game for a little while without it crashing. So and uh, I fucking love that game, but without better specs there's just not much of a point. Okay, so here's the problem. I have a computer that can run that on Ultra. No problem. Like 120 plus FPS, no hitching, looks well, great. That's, that's not the concern. But it fucking are, crashes all the goddamn time. There's nothing about my hardware that's the problem. Yes, it is. That That is one of the things that I looked at. It doesn't matter if you, from a technical perspective, can handle it. It's currently set up to work with certain pieces of hardware. So if you don't have those, then it just crashes. Well, that's what I mean, though, is that's it's not like a it's not like a, I need a good computer to run this. It's a they need to fix their shit problem. It's not a yeah. my problem. It's a their problem. Well, from the way that I understand why it is the way it is, it's because they they know that it's not going to be finished anytime soon. So the game is being built a lot around what they have uh, to work with. No, it's technology that isn't readily available yet. Like they're purposefully working on hardware most people don't have and lots of manufacturers don't use yet. They're going to, which well, is why I, I want to know what hardware it, that is though, because like I have the top end hardware. Well, like for instance, the game itself, they recommend it only be run on an SSD, which I have like, like, I have an SSD. I don't run my game off of that. I do. Um, I did. I specifically did that for that game. Um, I think you have to have uh, an RTX-compatible card. And I do. Prob- probably the, the 30 series. I do. <laughs> like, um, like, I checked those then, boxes. I went and looked at that list. And I forgot what the other stuff was, because it's been forever since I looked at this stuff. Like, I didn't have much crashing even when I did it until I ran out of... Uh, vram so i don't know yeah i mean i have i have an rtx 3060 ti i have a ssd an nvme ssd that it runs on and i've also run it on a regular ssd and i've run it on a platter just to test it like i've tried to play this game so many times 
I have a GeForce GT 1660 Ti as well. I also have an AMD system and an Intel system that I've run all these components on in different configurations. And I can't get that fucking game to be stable. Like, I'm sure there's some setup that, like, works. But, like, it must be so maddeningly specific that there's no way you could say, like, oh, well, you know, just, just get these components and it'll work. Because, like, at that point... You're basically like, oh, you just need an Xbox for it to work because it only works on this configuration. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, and that's what we see, like a lot of the people that play Star Citizen and the people that have the money to really invest in it. And I think, I swear to God, people are just building computers specifically for just this game. Well, and that's very probable because a lot of the people that play that game have like 20 grand worth of fucking fa- spaceships in that yeah. game. So, like, for yeah, them yeah. to drop, you know, five grand on a PC just for that game, not that unrealistic. Just like people that want to play, you know, driving sims or flight sims. Like, they'll build a computer specifically to sit in the front of a, you know, racing rig like an engine. Which is cool. But, like, hey, man, I want to play Path of Exile and Call of Duty and, you know, whatever fucking else I want to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Oh, a little random. Have you seen, did you see the new updates for Starfield that came out? No, I didn't. So they, it's, this is frustrating the hell out of me. And as soon as I get frustrated with a game's development, I start worrying about how it's going to turn out. <laughs> Plausible. Um, they started showing off some of the cities you can go to, or like some of the planets or whatever, the like locations you can go to in that game. Oh, really? Yes. Maybe I did see that. Was it in like a trailer recently? Like there was Gamescom like three or something? Trailer. There was like three separate trailers for each individual place you could go to. I mean, they look neat. They didn't really show in depth much of anything. It's like a lot of concept art and shit. Um, but even more, I was like, this is cool. I would be, and this should seem obvious, a lot more excited about this if I even knew what kind of game it was okay yeah i did see the trailer that you're talking about um and i agree though the worlds looked very empty right now um and honestly when i saw this initially my reaction was oh they just took like fallout and put spaceships in it because everything looks straight out of fallout in that game to me i mean Yes, that's essentially, they said they were just doing a Bethesda-style RPG, but in space. So, I mean, yeah, I guess that's probably what we should expect. Because, like, like, I know they used the, when they were building, I think it was Fallout 4, they said to test it, they put the bow from Skyrim in the game as a ranged weapon, and then just changed it into a gun, eventually. And it kind of looks to me like they just kind of took a bunch of, like, the textures and assets from Fallout 76 and Fallout 4 and shoehorned them into this to make a trailer. So I I don't know that I even think that the game's actually going to end up looking exactly like this. Well, I mean, for me, it's more just like, okay, so you're you're showing showing me like a little city thing I can go to. Great. Um, How much of it do I actually get to explore? And how much of it is useful? 
yeah, don't show me a big ass fucking city and then be like, you get to go into this like one sub sub subsection of it with like four buildings. Like, okay, I don't care. Right, like the Mass Effect thing. Like you're on this whole city, but you can go. You know, it's like walking around the tower in Destiny. Yeah. So like, yeah, what what exactly am I expecting here? Um, and. How much time am I going to spend there? Like, how unique are the characters? Why would I go here? Are these just mission hubs? Am I going to be doing a lot, most of my missions in these locations? How much? And, like, how many locations are there? You're showing me three. Is this, like, the big three out of five, like, most Elder Scrolls games? Like, tell me more about the game. I want to know more about the gameplay and they're showing locations. Why do I give a fuck about the locations? If I don't know what the gameplay is yet. Yeah. So they list new Atlantis, Aquila or neon. Yeah. And it's just like, it's concept art of a, like a star Wars esque uh, city. And then there's like a barren ass planet. And I don't know what the third one is. Um, let me see here. Neon. Yeah, it, no, no, it's 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 really weird. I think Neon's the one that's in the water. Yeah, um, which looks cool, but also it doesn't really look all that big. It kind of looks like you know, I I don't know. It doesn't look like there's going to be that much to do, and like I just hope it's not a game that's totally focused on combat. Um, because well, I, like. For me, it's a lot of like, okay, like they're talking about it being a space sim, but you're right, the planets look kind of barren, and now we're talking about specific locations, and I'm like, am I just traveling from place to place and then doing missions there? Like, how much does my ship actually fucking matter? Like, what is the game? And are there going to be like, actually only like three or five locations when the game launches? And then there's going to be, is it going to be like Fallout and you get expansions you buy and you can go to this new city? Like, I'm a little worried that we're going to end up with a really, like, you get that fake exploration where they're like, oh, you, you know, we have these expansive worlds you can explore. And it's like, yeah, I can go walk around in a field outside, too. It's not real fun. Like, (laughs) thanks. You know? Yeah. And the fact that we're getting, I mean, so we're almost exactly a year out from the game. And we're only just even getting information about it. And I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping they start leaking more information soon. Because I'm, I'm kind of wondering how much I should care about any of this. Well, and they're like, they're showing like concept art of like people working on their ship. Like out in the middle of nowhere. Is this, you know, and there's like mocap footage of a guy running with a big heavy gun. And like your your spacesuit, like evolving to have more and more greeblies and armor and bullshit on it. Like, is it just gonna be like Skyrim where you're kind of vertically adding, you know, like armor, and then you know you go from like a belly shirt armor with like a knee pad to a chest plate to now your helmet has horns on it and your shoulder pad has a horn. You know, are we just going to be like, well, I went from rank one gear to rank three gear and I spent six hours flying my ship because they wanted to make it super realistic and I have to take my ship off and land it and repair it and all these things. 
Like, I'm just afraid it's going to be another one of these games that's just a lot of menial tasks. And the only reward is more combat that I don't want to do. Yeah. And, like, I hope that the story is interesting. But I hope it's interesting in, like, an exploration and discovery way as in Skyrim is. Because that was a good experience. Like, walking into a tavern and hearing a conversation and picking up a mission. Like, that's pretty cool. But, like, those missions have to be interesting, right? Like, you basically only did that in Skyrim once. And then you're like, oh, yeah, the guy wants me to go find his fucking missing treasure. Like, for the 87th time. You know, there's, like, a few cool missions. But once you did them once, they were done. Yeah. Like, the randomly generated thing just wasn't that cool. Yeah, I mean, the the Radiant Quests, I feel like, were a really cool idea when they announced them for Oblivion. And then, by the time the game came out, I already didn't care. And I, I I've, even in Oblivion, like, I barely ever did the Radiant Quest thing. Yeah. I just never, I never cared that much about it. It's just like, oh, yeah, cool, look at me, I can fucking... Yeah, like, I did a few of them in Skyrim, and I, like, I did enough to be like, okay, I did, like, ten of these, and one was interesting. And it wasn't, like, the ones that were really cool tended to be the ones, like, with the dog, where they kind of seek you out almost. It's hard to miss it. Whereas, like, you know, I I never felt like if I walked into a tavern, didn't do every mission in there, I was going to miss out on something. Because it's like a 95% chance it's all dumb. There's a 95% chance it's all dumb. You know, it's funny that you say the, the, the quests where people just come to you. Um, a lot of the mods, like the quest mods for Skyrim, it literally will just start by, like, once you're a certain level, the carrier just come up out of nowhere and be like, hey, by the way, I have a letter for you. Here's your quest. <laughs> yeah, because ultimately people don't want to spend five hours looking for how to initiate a mission. Right. And, and like, we live in the age of the internet. People aren't going to do that either. They're going to go, if you're, like, seeking out a mod... Like, you kind of already know what that mod does, right? When you install it. It, There's very few mods out there that are, like, secret mission that you have to find out. Like, that would be more interesting to me. To go get, like, ten of those installed and, like, spend a day or two trying to find those missions and do them. That would be cool. But probably for a day or two. Pretty cool. Right, but it's like really cool. it's cool to load a bunch of them up when you do a new playthrough because you'll be doing all the stuff that you already know. And then all of a sudden you're doing something you've never seen before. And you're like, I guess this is one of the mods. This is pretty neat. Right. Yeah. I I think, I think there's room for that sort of thing, but ultimately I do agree with a lot of developers that are like, we don't want to hide this shit and make it so that nobody does the content. Cause like, that's not fun either. Like if you never see it, it wasn't fun. (laughs) Like you didn't get to do it. So it doesn't matter if it's the coolest quest on the planet if you never can find it, you know, it's not fun because you didn't get to do it. And if somebody tells you about it, it's not fun anymore either because you already know about it then. You're right. Like that's a really tough thing to get right. Um, and like, I get it. Like pick the really, really well-developed missions that everybody's like, Oh, this one was fucking cool. And kind of present that to the player. Like, I'm on board with that, too. And then being like, everything else is just kind of optional. Like, it's there if you want to do it. Um, And some of those are pretty good. Like, they weren't all bad. 
but a lot of them were like only cool because like the text itself around it was written well or interesting. The mechanics themselves all stayed pretty similar. So I, I'm afraid that that's what we're going to get a lot of in Starfield is fly your ship to a city, you know, be presented with the interesting side quest and the main quest that you need to do. Um, and then I imagine that game's going to have a lot of like the end game will be like delving into, you know, uh, dungeons it's, hidden in a planet or something. Yeah, that game's going to be a lot of like, hey, go into this town. This guy needs your help. He like lost cargo out in this sector or like there was a bandit. Can you go shoots to him? Yeah, I, I think we're going to get a lot of that. Um, and I think it's going to look good. Um, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of the aesthetic of the newer Fallout games. Like, they're not stylized enough, and they're too muddy. And a lot of what I see in the Starfield stuff they've shown is, like, these big set-piece cities. And then a lot of the Fallout wasteland-looking bullshit all the way around it, where it's all muddy or just similar-looking. Um, or it goes the other way where it's just so much shit going on. I, I can't even look at it. It's just, there's too much to take in and it's just like, okay, get me out of here. Just sensory overload. Um, but I have a feeling that game is going to be super combat heavy and it's just going to push me away. Like the fallout games have where I want to like that. Cause I like the universe and the story mostly some of it um but like ultimately it forces me into a combat loop that i don't like like i don't like the way that combat works in fallout games see i um, love the way the combat works in the in the bethesda fallout games and i honestly like with fallout 3 new vegas i, I got kind of annoyed every moment that i wasn't doing combat like i couldn't stand it um it just felt too much like, I don't want to just stand around and talk to people. Um, See, I, I want to do, I want to go do mining missions. Like I want to do economy stuff. And I just have this feeling that Starfield is just not going to be for me. And that's fine. Not every game is for every person, but like based on the track record I have with Bethesda, I'm going to want to really like it. And then I'm going to really not like it. I'm going to want to like it until I don't. Yeah, for real. Like, I'm going to try really hard to love that. And I'm just not going to be able to. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope it's awesome. Um, but I'm just, I'm very skeptical of anything Bethesda does at this point. And I think most people are. I think a lot of people are going to be, but... I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm definitely going to play it. I love Bethesda games. I always have me a good time. Um, and the menus in fucking Bethesda games. God damn it! Why? Why are they so bad at UI? Well, look, I mean, so I can tell you exactly why, and it's going to be a massive problem in Starfield. I can almost guarantee you. Oh yeah, um, because they design PC games, and now they decide design console games on PCs, and like now that they're working with Microsoft, like everything is going to be geared toward the Xbox One. And then we got to go back and make the 
PC version, and they're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do here. And like, they have a bad habit of like, I don't know if purposefully they're doing this or if it just happens, but it's almost like every game they put out on PC, they're like, well, the modders will fix this. And then eventually in a year we'll implement it for everybody. Like (laughs) they kind of just let the community actually finish their games for them and polish them. I think the reason I like Bethesda games because even if there's problems, I'm like, if I just keep playing this game, and I probably will, uh, it's going to get better. And like that was one of the problems with uh, 76. Yeah, well, like 76 was a is still a fun. I still really want to play that game. I have. I really. I want to love that game. I don't. And I don't think I ever will. I have friends that keep telling me like, oh man, they've made it so good now. There's so much to do. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to do any of it because everything feels bad in that game. The shooting feels bad. The aiming feels bad. The UI feels bad. All of the communication feels bad. It's become one of those games over the years too, where, yeah, the game might be really good if you've been playing it for a while, but it's a new player. Fuck no, it's not. When I first played 76, it was good. You came out, there wasn't a lot going on. You had to slowly move your way to this camp and then the first town. And, like, it eases you into the experience. I think that's the right way to go. Yeah. Now, it bombards you because, like, every expansion also starts at the same time. Right. So now there's, like, 15 new quests and there's a ton of shit going on all over the place and events are just popping up and people are all over the place. And I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Like, Right. Like, even World of Warcraft does a better job where it's like, yeah, get through this fucking first part and then you can start doing the next expansion and then we'll finally present you with a bunch of shit you can choose to do. But, like, they ease you into it with the starter zones. Whereas Fallout didn't adjust their starter zones... They just dumped all the extra shit in there like fucking B2 bombers flying over with content bombs. (laughs) Look at our content bombs. They're like, it's like fucking just paper bombing a fucking city with just like flyers that are missions. (laughs) Like, like there's a thousand pieces of papers, paper covering the city. And every one of them is a new mission with a new tutorial attached to it. And sometimes not. Like, sometimes it's like, hey, go get this fucking new thing and do the thing. And I don't know, man, figure it out. You're going to need a lot of money, though, so maybe do something else first. I don't know. But you're going to figure that out on your own, too. I don't know, man. Do do what you feel. Walk for, like, four hours and fight some super mutants. And then realize you can't do that mission. And then just teleport back across the planet. It's like, oh, man. Like, you guys just fucked this up all the way around, didn't you? Like, you should have maybe just cut your losses on this one. Um, You know, like, on one hand, I, I hate to see, like, new games come out and then, like, six months later be like, yeah, we we fucked up. We're going to shut this down. Like, Magic Legends. Yeah. And, and then on, on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but also I don't think that game could have been fixed because it was rotten at the core. And... I feel like that's what happened to 76 is it ultimately just doesn't play correctly. And I think they made a console game that didn't work on consoles very well. 
and then tried to shoehorn it into PC, but then they wouldn't let people fix their broken shit either. So you just ended up with a dead product that they just kept pumping money into. And you keep hearing about it. And there's these super loud fucking people like the preachers on the street standing on a soapbox screaming at you. And you're just like, fuck, man, I don't care. Like, leave me alone. Like, I don't care how good it is. (laughs) Not here for it. So, I don't know. But, like, I hope Starfield's good. I'm just... That's one of those games I'm either going to play a demo of or that's going to be like a Steam game where I play I pay real close attention to how much playtime I have and if I need to refund it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I'm expecting good things like I said. Bethesda I feel like doesn't really do me that bad. Um So I'm I'm interested to see where well, it goes. Well, and you you really got into Fallout 4 a lot too. Um I'm about I put some got some good mods on there cuz there's some really fucking good mods coming out for fallout right now but i also didn't like fallout 4 so like bethesda has been a lot of misses for me i feel like fallout 4 is one of the best games they ever made um and one of the mods i'm trying out it's i don't know why it's taking me so long because it's a really big hit but sim settlements too um because they just expand and redo the way all the settlements work Mm -hmm. and then on top of that um, they add like new quest line and new factions, and they're about to put an expansion onto it. And so one of the factions they're adding in there is they're like a big return of the gunners, and the gunners trying to take your factions back over. So you basically have to do a Walking Dead style going to war with them. And like, yeah, yeah I don't know. That's a good game. It's a good platform. Like, I'm sure that's um, good. I just. For me, it's not a fun game to play because I don't like the way the combat works. I don't like the way the UI or the menus work. I don't like the way the quest lines work. Like, the base parts of that game totally repel me. So even if there's something about it I really like, I end up just being like, I would just rather play something else. It's unfortunate. It, it is. is a really good game. And I, I, again, it's one of those games where I really wanted to like it. And I ended up putting in like 20 hours into Fallout 4. And at that 20 hours, just being like, I just, I, I can't be bothered. I want to do anything else right now. And just never went back to it. Actually, no, I take that back. I did try to go back to it. And within 30 minutes, I was like, oh, right, I remember and turned it off. Biggest problem with that game is just getting through the very beginning, mm-hmm. like all the way up through. I would say finishing the Concord mission. Yeah, it, it's just too long, and I'm really tired. Look, any game developer out there, if there's anyone that works on video games that's listening to this, if you have a boss or you are the person that goes, "Hey, you know, it'd be really great a cinematic opening to our game." Please uh, stop making video games right now. I'm so fucking tired of that shit. Yeah, like, I'm fine with, like, here's an hour tutorial if you need to do that. But, like, don't make it any longer than that. Like, teach me how to play the game with interesting stuff. But then move on. Ease me into the story. Like, really, all I want at the beginning of the game is a really neat aesthetic and a lot of questions. If you need me to spend the first 
even five minutes, but especially like hour trying to like get invested into some characters and the backstories and the world, like fucking stop. Just yeah. tell me the story. Tell me the story as I play. <laughs> the only thing I want to see at the beginning is this looks really neat and I want to know more. Like let that build up for a bit. Because the first time I play a game with a cinematic opening, I'm like, oh this is wonderful. And then I will try to replay that game like a hundred more times and I'll just never do it because I don't want to play the beginning. Case in point, the entire first planet in Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, absolutely. I know, I know that game is a good game. I know it is. I played it before. But I forgot how fucking lame the first like hour or two of that game is. I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to invest time in that game and you've already played it, you know that you're going to do the 100% this time. I'm going to do all the things I didn't do last time. And so that the hour that you could just quickly get through the first planet if you wanted to, you know that's going to take two or three hours. And every bit of it is just going to fucking suck. Yeah, I mean, like, even Skyrim was kind of like that for me, where it was interesting the first time through. But I don't want to do the cart ride. Yeah. And the dragon appears and the character creation and then pick the which side of the fort to go thing. through. Go through the giant tutorial. I don't want to fucking do that. I didn't yeah. want to do the Oblivion dungeon. Fuck, I don't... I barely want to even do the Morrowind introduction, and that... Is honestly, almost five minutes. Even if you're taking, yeah, even if you're taking your time, it's in the single digits of minutes. Like, You know what's funny is, like, one of the games that I feel like they did a better job of that is Elder Scrolls Online. Because at least you're just you kind of playing just, the game. Also, you can just... Like skip the intro movie and then you're you're there and like yeah there's a tutorial mission but in pretty much every expansion they don't last long and you can more or less run through them yeah there's you can, no and no even after to complete everything even after you say skip tutorial and you spawn on that island you can pretty much within five minutes just skip past that first whole island and go to anywhere else in the world yeah like they did a much better job because they're like teaching you your skill points when you get a skill point, teaching you weapon swap when you can weapon swap. Like, they're just like, yep, here's a mechanic. Cool. Go on. Like, yeah, do more I of that. Like when, I like it when people integrate <laughs> systems that way, where they're just like, you can do this now. We didn't mention it before because it didn't fucking matter. But now it does, and it's really cool. Well, and that's and what like, scares me great. about uh, Starfield, is like, if flying the ships is that complicated... Like, what are we looking at here? Like a six-hour tutorial mission? So this is what I'm hoping for. And I'm almost 100% positive it's not what we're going to get. So this is just me being fanciful here. Um, I want a Star Trek-type setup. Not an Elite Dangerous Star Citizen setup. Like, I don't necessarily need to personally pilot every vehicle, right? I want the ability to like have panels and just like computers and be like look i'm trying to go here and i have to look at my fuel levels and like i took damage now this is on fire i'd rather deal with it from that perspective more yeah like i'd rather have a resource management in live 3d of me taking care of my ship like i said i'm almost positive we're not getting that but yeah and like there's one of the things I'm kind of hopeful for is either they go the elite dangerous route where they're like, here's the tutorial mission 
and then you like go through the tutorial and then it's like a separate menu option to play the tutorial and then you play the game itself and it just dumps you into the world and you play yeah. or or they go the route of like the flashback sort of thing where like you start as like a fully fledged like starship commander and you're like you know in combat and doing all the different things and like they give you like the basics of like flight control combat your bread and butter stuff and then like you know your ship crashes or whatever and you flat you know flashback to reality and you got to start all over all the way and you forgot all your skills you know however they choose to do that um but like make it something skippable so after the first time you can be like yep i i remember the flashback i'm good to go or a separate tutorial mission that you just do and complete, and then you can just choose to not engage with it again. Um, do I think they're going to do that? Absolutely not. I think it's so, going to be a six-hour slog of tutorial missions, learning how to use mining, learning how to do transportation, learning how to operate the mech suit that they show off. It's a Bethesda game, so they're going to have to introduce whatever the faction system is for that game, and however the fuck... I mean, come on. And the 37 the characters you need to remember. Chances we're going to have companions of some sort. Oh, th there's no chance you don't have companions. And I'm wondering if that's a major component. Because you mentioned, like, having different panels and, like, yeah. Star Trek-esque. Like, maybe you do need, like, a crew to pilot your ship properly. But, like, they have to make it single-player friendly or it's not going to have a player base. So they're absolutely either going to have a crew that you put together or buy to operate different parts of your ship and then you just fly it or they're going to make it so that you don't need your crew and all that shit is just automated unless somebody else wants to take it over the way elite dangerous does it. I wouldn't so. mind managing your crew. I don't know. I think it would be, I think it would be cooler to manage a starship than it would be to just I have a starship. But then again, based on the trailer that we saw, mm -hmm. it looks like they're going more the Elite Dangerous route, right? Yeah, it does look that way. I mean, um, basically you're flying the ship and it doesn't show anybody else in the ship with you and it looks like a single cockpit. Well, And even though I know you're not big on the combat with a games and i am i'm really kind of worried about the gameplay loop because i'm like well if you're just doing a star citizen elite dangerous clone like i played plenty of that right so how good is the rest of the actual rpg elements how good is the bethesda -ing part of the spaceship game gonna be yeah because it's gonna have to really you're gonna really have to take my attention it's gonna have to be really good uh because i've already played the generic space shooter at this point yeah, I mean, in the the pin trailer on their Twitter account, it shows like this big ship you can walk around, but then he walks up to the cockpit and sits down and it's a single single person cockpit. Yeah. So, even if there are other systems, it's probably going to be like a gunner. Right? I guess, yeah, probably. Or maybe they do the thing they did in Warframe where you have your Railjack, which is just your big star cruiser. And you have crew whose job is to, like, 
either be a gunner or somebody that runs around the ship and fights boarding parties or somebody that puts out fires and repairs the ship. I was going to say, there's always the background ability way of doing it, which is basically like, if you've, you need to have an engineer. And if like you put an engineer working on your ship, you fucking repair things 10% faster or like they grow food. So you get 10% more resources or some dumb shit. Yeah. And then there's like Sea of Thieves where you've got somebody driving the ship. You've got somebody that's bailing water out of the bottom You've got somebody boarding up holes that were blown in the ship. And then you've got somebody that's fighting. But everybody can do everything. Whereas in Starfield, I think it's very much going to be more about ship ownership. Um, and individuals having their ships. I think they're going to lean more on like, uh, like a, a fighter wing of like three or four players with all with their own ship. And then the ability to have maybe another player or two on there. Like, I, I don't think we're going to have very much in the way of even um, Elite Dangerous where you can sit down in the pilot's chair next to me and co-pilot and manage the power system and radar and fighter wing. Because, like, I literally can just drive and you can do everything else. Well, I don't think the game itself is going to be multiplayer, is it? I thought it was going to be multiplayer. I don't believe so. Oh, well, if it's not multiplayer, then, I mean, obviously they're not going to have any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, as far I, guess as I, just... I guess I thought I heard them say it would be. Now, as far as I know, it's just a regular Bethesda RPG, but it's just not Fallout or Elder Scrolls. I, I will be kind of surprised really... if there's not some level of co-op. I'm really, I'm really hoping for a lot from the next Elder Scrolls. Because they took a, a long break from that series. Because yeah. ESO is not it's a the team that thing. makes... It's, it's a different team, right? Um, but they've got experience from other games, and they've been trying new things, and like I'm just really hoping... like it, it, Having that time off is going to bring some originality to that series. Because I feel like... I feel like Oblivion and Skyrim were actually the low point of that series. Yeah. And I know that that's rough to say, because anytime you ever have an argument about what game is better than the other, it's always like, well, this one's sold more. Yeah, okay. But like The Elder Scrolls was a very complicated thing with a lot of options and a lot of space to explore. And it was made as like a fantasy simulator. And Oblivion and Skyrim were made for primarily the console crowd, crowd, even Morrowind, and they kind of tried to dumb the whole thing down to a point where, like, yeah, Skyrim is great. I love Skyrim, but the reason I need to mod it is because everything is so repetitive and not. Yeah, I mean, like in the base game, so... you literally start by picking one of three classes, essentially. And it's it's very much not. Uh, it's not very in depth. I mean, so much so to like Skyrim doesn't even really have stats. You just kind of do things. And then you get better perks for them, and then that's like it. Right. You know? It, like, it's a very linear progression. It's gotten well away from being an RPG and got way more into being uh, an action-adventure game. It's no Morrowind where you can literally craft your own player class and name it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really hoping we get a little bit back to the roots of an actual RPG, but who knows? Okay. So I, I don't think we ever finalized our, our, what would we be on a ship? Cause we've done, 
Firefly and Star Wars. What about Star Trek? Are you are you still going for pilot there? Uh, in Star Trek, I'm probably going more for captain than pilot. Okay. Uh, and I feel like being a commander in that universe is a lot more about just you know philosophy and diplomacy and just general management, and that seems okay. But like. I think I feel like there's more gravity to what you do in the Star Trek universe because the politics is very heavy in that universe. So it's like, oh, if I so much as scratch the paint on this fucking ship, um, it's going to be a fucking problem. I don't know. I, I think I don't want to deal with that. I think I'm leaning towards like holodeck operator or like, uh. I don't, I don't know what they call it, tech officer or something like that. Yeah, so I don't think there's a real, I don't think anyone really operates the holodeck per se, uh, but that would just be engineer. Yeah. Engineer includes all of your like tech stuff too. Yeah. Cause I, I just lean more towards like, I like the technology in Star Trek and like, I, I guess I don't like the captain role quite as much and pilot seems like there's a lot of autopilot in that universe, which I'm okay with, but it is what it is. Like they're not really, they're doing more of the thing with like a giant, like they would do with the, the big capital ships and large vessels in so the actually... times where they'd like drive the ship pretty close and then take another smaller ship in or teleport in, in this case. So yeah, you're right because it is mostly what they do. But I think for that, it's more like there is, a, it's, I think it's more like how airplanes work now. Mm-hmm. Where like airplanes are generally done on autopilot now. Yeah. But like, it's too complicated some, to fly if, on if, your own. If you've got to do some weird shit, right. Or autopilot fails, you absolutely can just take that bitch in manual. But like, why would you if, if the ship will just fly itself at the most efficient way it, possible? It seems like, like a yeah. pretty boring universe to be a pilot in for me. It's, I feel like it's boring until it's not, and then it really sucks. And I don't want that either. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like being a pilot in Star Wars seems like it would probably be like super awesome. It, it seems more like the like driving a race car versus driving a big boat <laughs> or, no, or I, a, a no. jetliner. I feel like it, it's the difference between driving like a very expensive luxury truck for a yeah. Fortune 500 company and your job's on the line. You're driving versus, the tour bus for Def Leppard. Versus, <laughs> yeah. versus, look at this Corvette I just got. I'm like, eh, you know what? I'll take the Corvette. Like, this is like, a lot more fun and a lot less stress. Like, and let's the, fucking do that. The problem with, uh, with uh, Star Trek ships is it's kind of like you're going from driving, like, the tour bus to you're driving a top-fuel dragster that's probably going to flip over and explode. And you're going a million miles an hour and it's filled with explosives like in an instant. And you have to be able to do that. And I, I I'm not about that life. I also I think, feel like there's a big appeal to uh, being a, a captain slash pilot in Elite Dangerous's universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, you know, Star Citizen versus Elite Dangerous, because in, in Elite Dangerous, I feel like there's not a lot of room even on the bigger ships for me to actually like sleep. Um, I mean, there, there might all... be, you just never get to see. 
<laughs> there may be. Right, but here's the thing. In Star Citizen, I know for a fact that there's a bed, and I don't have to constantly monitor my ship to do 15 million jumps. I can be like, oh, well, I'll be there in 45 minutes. I'm going to go fucking take a nap. So, <laughs> so I, I have an argument, but it's more of a theoretical argument for that. Sure. Um, and absolutely, in practice, you're, you're correct. Like, you get to walk around your ship and see what's there. The thing I don't like about Star Citizen and the way they handle that is your ship is largely pre-configured for you because they had to model all that stuff and like put the beds in there and program them to work that way. Whereas if it were, and I am assuming this is why you can't just get up and walk around in a ship in elite right now um, is because they're modular. So if I want to take my um, Orca or my, what is it? Beluga or something like that. Um, and I want to fill it with, you know, half um, crew quarters or like passenger suites and have like first class and second class suites and like, you know, economy class. And then I want the other half to be like storage units. Um, you definitely have the ability to be like, oh, I want to build, you know, almost like sim style. I want to be like, oh, this strip of the ship is, you know, sleeping quarters and then here's a first class cabin. And then I've got, you know, some maintenance over here and storage. And then I've got my, you know, fuel reactor and engineering bay. And then I've got my fighter wing. Like those ships are actually, from what I understand, way bigger than they are in Star Citizen for the most part. Um, well, Star Citizen, it depends because there, there are some bigger, of the bigger ones. ships. Yeah, there are. There, I've been on ships where, like, yeah, the stuff you get at the beginning. It's not that much. No. Um, but holy fucking shit, dude. Some of those ships, like, you can walk around them for a fucking while. Yeah. And they're all very segmented off. Like, even the smaller ships are like, this is the living quarters, this is the storage, this is the fucking airlock. Like, yeah, I don't know. But I guess my point is, like, I assume that's why you can't just get up and walk around an Elite, is because they have to figure out some way to manage all that data for all those different players playing at the same time and then have the ship actually model that stuff as you configure it. Yeah. Like that would like, unless you're just like, cause I assume they don't want to do the boring thing of be like, here's the doors to rooms you can't go into sort of thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Here's my other argument to that. How many different ships are there in star citizen at this fucking point? Too many. <laughs> like, and they're not, like, as far as I know, they're just, like, some people. Like, I don't even know how many of them were, like, professional game designers beforehand, right? Right, right. Um, and then Elite Dangerous has, like, fucking 12 ships. Like, all right, look, you can make several different interiors based on the different classes for each one of those ships because you don't have that many of them. Well, you're you're right, but what I'm saying is they allow you to select numbers of rooms, basically. And I think it's a, I think it's an issue with managing all of that data and having it almost procedurally generate and not be super boring because you end up with the case of like every cabin is identical, which it would be on like, you know, a train or something like that. But that's boring as shit too, right? No, but I think that's the way that you would go for sure. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately. And if you you had like, uh, 
you know, oh, well, you took on passengers. You just close the door and call it occupied. Like, I mean, it's boring, but, like, that seems like... I, I don't know how way. else they do it, right? Right, yeah. Um, but I, I do have a feeling that is the problem they have to solve. That's why they're like, we're going to do it. We just got to figure out how first. Um, and I like Elite. Don't get me wrong. Like, I I enjoy that grindy kind of boring gameplay loop of like doing all the jumps and the fuel scoop mini game. That's why I like exploration um, and scanning the planets. But at the same time, if you don't like that and if you don't like combat, and I don't think the ship-to-ship combat in that game is particularly well done or fun. Um, and it's very easy to cheese. And if you don't cheese it, you just lose a lot. And that sucks in that game, too. Um, so there's very few things you can choose to really like. And if you don't like one of those things, it's just hard to play that game and enjoy it. Yeah. So... I don't know. I... I feel like Elite is getting old. It's getting mm-hmm. really old. It is they, technically old, too. It, it is. And they need to do improvements. And they know that, right? That's why we're getting expansions and shit. But it's not too much, and it's taking way too long. And Yeah, and they fucked it up on top of it, what they did give us. Yeah, so I, I kind of feel like, look... I want to like Elite more, and I want Elite to stay top of the class in space simulators, but... I wish they had spent that time building Elite 2. Elite Dangerouser. Um, (laughs) Elite More Dangerous. (laughs) I I wish they had made Elite More Dangerous. They could have named it that. I wouldn't care. Um, But I feel like they tried to shoehorn new stuff into a game where they admittedly said, we don't this takes so long because it's hard to do with this game. It doesn't work very well and we have to figure out how to make it work. Um, I I feel like they should have just started with the new fresh platform, but I think they just didn't have the money to do that. Or maybe they don't have the leadership behind it. Well, as long as it's taking them to just make like DLC for that game. I don't know if I would have the patience to stick around long enough. Well, that's what I'm saying is I wish they had used the time we've already waited for that. Like we're yeah. past that, but like, we're well past that, but it just sucks. You know what I mean? It's one of those games. Like, honestly, when they announced the DLC for elite dangerous, I was about as surprised as I was when they told me they were releasing DLC for Titans quest. Mm-hmm. I was like, they that game is still in development of any kind. Right. Yeah, like the new missions and stuff, like the weekly update for Elite Dangerous is like economy, where it's like, oh, this this particular system needs people to deliver this item type, or go and kill pirates here, or go kill some Thargoids. And that's another one of those games where, you know, the game is very monotonous and very just consistent. And then suddenly you're fighting these super powerful aliens that basically one shot you. And almost everybody's experience with the Thargoids for the first time is they showed up and blew me up. And I don't know, man, it happens once every like 28 hours. It's not really worth outfitting my ship to deal with that. I'll just eat the rebuy cost once in a while, I suppose. 
Which is the other thing, because once you play enough of that game, and like 28 hours is enough of that game, unless you really get lost, um, it all just comes down to like, yeah, you know, go ahead and blow my ship up, because it really isn't that expensive to just... It's like one mission to like pay for it. Yeah. Um, You're like, oh, oh no. And like the other problem I had with the expansion that a lot of people didn't really discuss hardly at all was the fact that when I started the expansion, I immediately went and bought the best of everything I could buy. And none of it mattered because it was so broken as far as like AI and the way it works to where like, even though I had the best stuff, I would show up on a planet and get immediately murdered. Or I would show up on a planet and there's literally nothing there. And I just do the thing and leave and it's total RNG. But the fact that I didn't have to like start with a starter kit or like you literally can't do missions in that game without buying, you know, what should be expensive gear. So I just went in and bought the best of every different type of suit and then went and did the thing. And it was just a lot of like show up to a planet well, there's nothing here that I can use and then leave. It's a lot like exploration where you show up and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I um, showed up to the party and nobody was here. Yeah. I mean, it's like rolling up to a fucking gas station and they have no fuel. You know, like you just keep going to more and more gas station until you find one that actually has some fuel for you to buy. And then you're like, all right, thanks for the gas. And you just keep going or you go home <laughs> like like, that's pretty much the gameplay loop. And now it's like, show up to a planet, go through the difficult and arbitrary process of landing on the planet, which is arguably one of my least favorite parts of the game. I, I can't stand it. Yeah, it's infuriating. And then either immediately die and be like, well, I'm not doing that because it's broken, or do the thing in a few seconds and then just fucking rinse and repeat. Like, there's there's not a lot that I'm doing. There's no player agency where I'm like, oh, if I do the, you know, do things correct and, like, know the tricks, it'll be more interesting, or I can figure this out ahead of time. It's just like, you know, pulling a fucking slot machine that you know you're going to lose every time on. <laughs> like, it, it's not an enjoyable experience because the payoff is not worth the effort. Um, whereas like star citizen, when I have gotten that game to work for me is just like arbitrarily difficult in specific ways, like just landing your ship and like, you know, doing anything in that is just tedious and frustrating. I had no problems with it. I just, I felt like I was engaged. I felt like I was actually doing something. And then uh, I actually get to deliver the fucking thing that I'm trying to deliver. Like, I'm not just. Well, and also, like, I appreciate the idea of, like, you have to walk in and pick up your cargo and load it. But, like, I don't really want to do that more than once. Like. As long as it doesn't take a large amount of time, I love it. But, like, it does kind of take a large amount of time is the problem, though. Like, it's a tedious process. 
I don't know. They made it, they kept making it easier and easier, and it really doesn't take that long now. Like, I remember when I first did it, you would have to, when you brought a delivery to a space station, it was always the worst. Yeah. Because you had to, like, take the package out and then, like, walk it all the way through the space station, running at, like, 40% of your regular speed. Um, And that really, really just fucking sucked. And then they were like, oh, hey, you know what's really cool? We built these, like, helipad things on the top of the cities. Yeah. And you can just fucking land there and take it right out to a vendor that's right there outside your ship and just fucking do it. And, like, the thing that frustrates me is, like, if I'm a, like, real-life truck driver, like, I roll up, I back my truck in, a forklift comes and loads the products onto my truck, and I fucking drive off with my delivery. And occasionally there's no like loading dock or like it's down for maintenance and we have to like, you know, manually carry some stuff out or something. But like, I wish it was more often you pull up, they load your ship and you fly off with your cargo. Like, I feel like that really happens more even today with like companies that have like their own delivery or work with their own delivery company a certain way. As to where, like, in that game, you're a freelancer. Yeah. You're probably unloading and loading your own ship. Like, I guess it would be cool, especially if you had the option, just for immersion purposes, of, like, paying a little bit or taking a little bit off of your mission reward. hire the local loading crew or something. Yeah. Be like, I just don't want to fucking do this, and I'm willing to just forego some of my reward to just make it easier. Yeah, like, maybe you roll up and you're like, oh, man, that vendor is across the space station. Let me hire a courier to take this package over there you know and maybe there's like a 10 percent chance they steal it or they get robbed or something and you lose your mission which honestly that sounds infuriating but it would be really cool to just add the like you can take this much off your reward or pay this much to have somebody do it for you yeah um because then you could be lazy as much as you wanted unless you really started to run out of money right like maybe it does make you more efficient and then you're just like, well, I guess I'm going to do it myself because I legit can't afford to have somebody do it for me. Yeah, or maybe you just like doing it. Like, give me the option at least. I also want I want an economy in a space game where, like, I can customize the inside of my ship. Just, like, purely cosmetic shit for fun. But I also want money to be more difficult to come by. Like, I really hate how Elite is just kind of like, the longer you play the game, the more you just kind of end up with money. Right. And, like, yeah, there's things that cost a lot, but, like, the more you play, the more you'll just, like, more or less make that pretty quickly. Right, and that's what I was saying Um, about Elite with the new expansion, is, like, when the expansion came out, I had a ton of money, so I just, and it's, like, not even expensive. You know what I mean? Even for, like, a newer player. Like, I'm not at, I'm not by any means... Like, I'm at best mid-game in that game as far as, like, money goes. Like, I'm flying a, you know, $250,000, $350,000 ship, and the top-tier ships are, like, $120 So, like, I'm by no means super rich in that game, and I was able to just walk into the first space station I loaded into and buy literally every single new item in the game and not see a zero fall off my wallet. <laughs> like, like it was very, very cheap. It was like in the thousands for the weapons when I have millions. 
So I don't know, like they needed to implement some sort of progression instead of just dumping it all behind a paywall that everybody's exceeded. Well, I just, I, I just don't like the infinite, the economy of just infinite money. Yeah. Like I would actually like it to be relatively easy to lose all of your money. Like I would rather do the Firefly universe where like, you know, if you're not keeping on top of shit and maintenance shit correctly, or like you're you wasting hardcore too, mode, wasting too. I don't want super hardcore though. Like what like, you're talking I, about is Path of Exile I, hardcore. I want in between. I want it to be easy enough to lose your money, but also easy enough to get the money. So you know, I don't want to like, always just... be poor, but I don't want to end a game where I have like nine 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 dollars. You know so what I mean? What I'm saying is like you're describing something really similar to Path of Exile hardcore mode, where it's really easy to die if you're not really on your game and doing really well and paying attention, but you're able to stash your currency and other gear that you have. So if you do die, you're not necessarily losing everything that you have, but you're losing everything on that character and your progression of that character's level itself. So maybe if you, if your ship explodes it's not like just heavily damaged if it completely explodes. Like, yeah, maybe you do have to start with a starter level ship again. And yeah, maybe you have a few attachments and some tech that you can put into the ship and make it not such a nightmare to get closer to where you were when you died. Like, instead of it taking like, you know, 10 hours to get See, back to where you were, maybe it only takes like six hours. I hate that. That sounds awful. Um, I think I like the idea more of like, yeah, maybe I get to a point where like I ran through a bunch of money in a big fight. And so now like it's going to take me a little bit longer to get to the next space station because let's be honest, like I'm not going at a very quick pace. Um, and then even once I get there, like I can't pay the extra service fee to have somebody deliver my shit in. Like, I need to go walk it out. I basically need to start back over with my money. I don't really want to start back over with the game. That sounds annoying as shit, but... Well, I mean, like, take the, like, run through the story part of it out. Like, you still have to, like, get your ship again, and, you know, there's, like, the 15-minute wait for your ship to, you know, be delivered and shit if you die in uh, Star Citizen. Um... And, like, that was frustrating for me when I was learning to play the game because, like, the first time I played, I jumped too close to the space station and didn't slow down and slammed into it and died. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, stand here and wait 15 minutes and you can try again. Oh, that was fucking frustrating. And then the shit. game crashed, but my ship kept going and exploded, so I had to wait another 15 minutes and I was done at that point. I was like, I didn't fuck up. The game crashed and fucked up, and it's punishing me for it. So like well, it, it wouldn't be so bad if you could just like get back in the game too. But like even just logging into that game is a goddamn nightmare. Right. Yeah, I mean like half the time I log in and my character bugs and falls through my bed when I try to stand up. <laughs> like it takes 20 minutes to get the game to load properly. Um but no, I mean I I think I get what you're saying where you you don't want to have unlimited resources all the time. 
but it almost all kind of boils down to the same thing of time. So like you're saying you don't want to go through the leveling process, but what you're saying you want to do is instead have to walk across a space station for 10 minutes. And no, that's a similar I, I, thing. I don't even want it. I, I don't want something to be that much of a hassle, but I want you to be able to pay for small conveniences that over time make the game way easier. And then if you lose a lot of money, you, you got to basically go back to basics and be like, well, until I can make enough money to like pay for everything, I'm going to do this. And there's a lot of ways to implement that. Like just like Firefly, maybe implement a way to make it easier to take like dirtier jobs to make right. money quickly. You know, like I want to bounce back from it. Nobody wants to get to a point where you're like, well, I guess I'm going to struggle for several hours. Cause that's not fucking fun either. Right. And so the argument for like the hardcore mode where you have to like go through the leveling process and you lose your gear and stuff. Um, and maybe that's what happens is like you get your ship back and they're able to repair it, but like maybe you lose a bunch of your expensive components or something. So there's a monetary loss there to replace them. Yeah. You had the option, but like it costs you something. The idea though is they want it to feel like dying has a penalty. Yeah. They want to make you cognizant of the fact that dying in the game has an actual consequence outside of currency that you have too much of already. Because that's what happens, too, is like if you say, well, it's money at some point, if you're if you allow people to keep their money, period then at some point you get to the point where you've accrued so much money that losing even an expensive ship is really not an inconvenience to you, a la Elite Dangerous. Um, yeah, and I hate you see that. people hucking ships into space stations for a joke. Um, but at the same time, if you take away all of somebody's money and say, well, here's your expensive ship back, but you have no money, then you're either your only way to punish the player at that point is to say now everything takes really long lol and this is frustrating or say well now you can't afford to use this ship so you need to use a cheaper one and do some more boring missions instead and i don't think that's fun either is because you're basically regressing the player's progress so there yeah. i i like the idea more of like saying like hey if you die or your ship explodes or whatever major consequence you've encountered, the, the cost either has to be in some way, the cost is your personal time, right? One way or another, they're, they're charging you for your personal real time, whether it be money because now you have to do things that you couldn't do before, so they're less efficient, and you're not making as much money, so you have to do more of them, and it costs you time. Or they're making the things that you're doing anyway take more time because you can't do them as quickly. So you're essentially just looking at different ways of charging the player a piece of their life, so to speak, in order to fuck up. So I, I feel like there's the, the way that you go with that is to make it 
so that the player isn't having less fun. And I feel like slowing down their progress is less fun. So at least if like your ship blows up and you still have access to the stuff that you've stockpiled, knowing like, hey, eventually something bad's probably going to happen. Here's my rainy day fund. Because like that's what people do in Path of Exile Hardcore is they'll stockpile gear for a new build so that when the one that they're working on now, like let's say you're you're running a mining operation in your space game and you accidentally crash into the asteroid that you're mining and lose your ship, but you've managed to stockpile a bunch of combat gear. Now maybe instead of running a mining operation, you're running a pirate bounty hunting operation. And it gets players to play other parts of the game. And instead of like, well, let's spend time getting back to where I was doing the exact same thing. It, no, I'd it kind of gets story. them to do something differently. Yeah, no, that I would stop playing a game for that. Like that would that would immediately make me stop. But not if the game. other part is good. Like it's uh, just like, oh, I no. want to try this instead. It doesn't really matter if it's good or not if I don't want to do it. Is kind of the problem though. Like the I point don't, of if it's good though is you would want to do it, is what I'm saying. I won't find out. Like give you multiple options. Like the moment most games are like, we know that you've been having fun doing what you're doing. Now we're going to make you do this instead. I'm going to stop playing it. Like, I'm not even going to see if that part's good. Well, I I think you have the option though. Like, I'm not saying like you have to do this other thing. Like if you're mining and you're getting a ton of money and you know, there's a risk that like pirates show up and destroy you. Maybe you're stockpiling backup mining gear. So that you see, can get I would, right back out there doing the thing that you like to do. No, see, I, I want I want a story-driven approach. Like, if I get attacked by bandits and my ship blows up, like, let's say my ship is recovered and I'm sent to a nearby safe place, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I I would rather have an instance of, now I gotta go track down those bandits and get my ship back. Like, that would be more fun to me. Right, but are they just giving you your stuff back that you're gonna go get back to be able to defeat the pirates? Like, you have to have something to beat them with. And they already killed you once, so it can't be that easy. No, but I mean, I don't know, introduce it. Like one of the things I really hate in a lot of space games, is just like when you get out to space, there are other ships. Okay, well, do they have a headquarters? Can I sneak onto it some way? Can I do some Star Wars shit while I infiltrate the motherfucker and wear someone's costume like fucking Hitman? Like, I don't know. Do something else. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we become so limited and that's a, by that's a good limited... option, but like I don't want to do that. Like it's I just would. one I... of it's one of those scenarios of you can't make everyone happy. So a lot of people just have to figure out, you know, like what do we do with our game in that specific scenario? How do we make that fun? And what do our players like to do? Like they're always going to be looking at the data and be like well, in our last game, the players really like doing the infiltration thing, so maybe they implement what you're talking about. Or maybe it's something like Elite Dangerous where they're like, oh, man, our players really don't like losing their shit, so let's just charge them money to buy it back, and if they don't have enough money, they can have one of the free ships and farm their way back up. You know, there's it's it's all about figuring out what your player base actually likes to do. I 
I agree to a point, and then I don't, which is where, like, you can't rely on the player base to tell you a whole lot. You can only get the player I'm, base to I'm really not saying, tell you. I'm not like, saying really, listen to them tell you physically or, like, vocally. No, no. I'm saying like look at all, their like, player statistics, like, what they do. That's, that's the thing you can't look at, is what I'm saying. I disagree. Because... I think if you do that, then you never have another good idea in Space Sims. Like, we might as well just stop making them, we're done. You need to look at what would be good, to, what can we try? What can we do differently? Because now every space game is just well, a different variety of Elite Dangerous. And, and what you're describing... anything new, and that's kind of the big issue where it's like... Well, if you're just going to go with what is the player base like or not like, no, make something different, then see if the player base likes that or not. So, what you're describing, it's really funny. Like, I, I know we always argue over Path of Exile, but it's really, really appropriate here. Because what you're describing is literally this whole discussion that's been going on with the developers of Path of Exile, where they literally are saying, like, we see you guys wanting to go to the meta and play the most powerful thing, but that's not the game we want to make. We want to give you guys something new to try out. And it's really hard to get you to stop doing the same bullshit over and over. So at some point we have to kind of force you to play the game that we want to make without losing all of our money and the ability to make the game. And that's really the balancing act that's difficult, right? Is making the game that you want to make, but still make your players happy. And there's only so much of a risk that they can take because if they take too much of a risk, they don't get the chance to even try again. I, I think the only way to make any good games, especially right now, is to take a risk. Um, and the... The the problem is we need people making newer stuff. Like, an Elite Dangerous 2 with a new perspective on the space sim would have been a better idea, like you were saying, than just trying to make Elite Dangerous work as it is now. Right. Um, like, a new framework would have done great. Give us something like Star Citizen that's a space simulator, but take it out of the box. Like, let's see what else you can fucking do. Um... We, we we definitely need more of that. If you're going to take something like Path of Exile is in a slightly different position where... Well, I just they, meant the developer's they, point of view with that no, one. No, no, I get it, but they have already spent a lot of time catering to, very heavily, to a specific uh, crowd. Right. And now they're like, we want to try new things. Well, you can't, because you spent too many years catering to this one hardcore crowd and they're only ever going to be there for that one reason. So now if you want to try something new, your best bet is to don't make Path of Exile. Well, and so that's like an interesting thing else. too, though, is they're literally making Path of Exile 2. And I think that's going to be the big problem. And it works wildly differently. And, and that, most of and the we'll bigger streamers have played it, and they all said, I cannot wait for this. It's well, really and, good. There's always the the chance that that's gonna because it's a sequel, like it's not just the same game, and they can trot it out as being like this is an entirely new thing. Um, they might get people to come back and look at it, and maybe that'll do really well. Like maybe that'll be a thing that really. Uh, and they're gonna maintain Path of Exile One crowd. with it. 
Like they're different yeah. games. So they can leave the original crowd. Yeah. To go do whatever then, the hell they want to do. Path of Exile. You're right though. Path of Exile is a different case because it's literally a bunch of people that wanted a game like Diablo and Diablo two. They wanted a really difficult, complex action RPG. And they yeah, made the game in a garage for themselves. And then a bunch of people really liked it. Cause like that game is wildly different than what it was when it launched and when it was in alpha and beta. Um, like it's so much faster. Like originally it was more like Diablo one. Whereas like now they've gone more towards like the end of Diablo two, where it's speed running essentially. Um, and like they even just said like, Hey, the, the original founders of the game, we've been using our weekends to build a mode out of path of, path of exile Two, you know, that's like extra hardcore difficult mode where there's almost no items. And instead of like finding like super ultra good, you know, yellow rare items all the time, we want to be really excited when we just find any item. And like getting to the end game content alone is a massive accomplishment. Like they want it to be slow and ultra difficult and super item light to where like any gear upgrade you find is like a huge deal. Like you get that big endorphin hit from finding a blue item with a single stat that works for you. And that's like totally contrary to the way that players like to play Path of Exile but they're literally just making it on their own time on the weekend and not even like giving it to the players. But they just kind of like told us about it because like, Hey, if you guys really want to try it out, like, sure, we'll let you, it doesn't cost us anything. Um, but like just for, you know, clarity's sake, we just made this for us because we like to do that and it's not costing any development time you know, from the real developers of Path of Exile, we're literally doing this in our house on our own time on the weekend. So that was kind of cool. Like that, that is the developer stance where like they made a game for them and it turned into a product, but they're still able to kind of make their own thing out of it too. And that's pretty different than most of the games we're talking about. Yeah. So just, just an interesting kind of developer perspective i guess um because it's rare to hear developers that are so passionate about their game right like it's usually somebody that's just like a ceo at some point making decisions that they're just signing off on they're not really part of the development cycle i feel like we don't i feel like we used to get a lot of like public comments at stuff like e3 from people throughout the industry like people that are actually working on the games yeah, And then I feel like lately, for the past several years, all we ever get is like, this is the CEO of Nintendo of America, and like, this is the lead co-director of this game. And you're like, okay, can I hear from any of the people that are actually making it, though? Right, and the answer is absolutely not. Yeah, you used to get stuff like this is the like character artist or like the lead battle animator or something. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. What do you have to say? Yeah. Instead, now they're like, and here's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Meats? 
and booth babes. But yeah, I, I don't know if I can think of any other uh, any other universes where I'd want to think about what what job I would want on a st- on a spaceship or I mean, a starship. I feel like in most universes, it's either like Star Trek or it's like Elite Dangerous. Because I mean, we could talk about like the what, like the X series. Yeah. Um, we could talk about like Rogue Galaxy Outlaw, but like why? Right, right. I guess. Yeah. It's like the biggest it's kind question. of only one role. Yeah, it's Captain, and both of those universes seem awful. So I, I guess neither. I don't want to exist in them really at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I don't know. If there's really much of anything. I mean, like you could get into like the weird, like, uh, um, gosh, what is it? Um, with the the space cowboy show, <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, or... thank you. Totally okay. drawing a blank on that. The like... space cowboy show. I love that. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's fair. Um. But, like, again, that's, like, they're just kind of on a spaceship. They're not really, like, the captain, so to speak. Like, somebody's driving the thing for the most part, but, like, usually it's just automated. And then it's like, yep, they're bounty hunters, and they're on a ship, and they probably have their own starfighter. Well, that's Um, why I would honestly, like, I would like a, a game that is all about spending time on your spaceship, but not so much about doing space things. Like, I would love it if you and me could be like, yeah, we're just going to fucking, we're going to be space pirates, like fucking Halo shit, right? And every now and then we drop down and do like a first person shooting section and the rest of it is just flying to a destination. It's going to take 30 minutes. Like, fucking here's some card games, play darts, like give me a bunch of mini games that are worth a damn or something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's basically destiny, right? No, because I want it to be fun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, no, I, I always loved stuff like in Fable and whatnot where you can play cards. Like, I love the fact that you can play Triple Triad in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. Like, I want more of that. Agree. Agree. But, like, we're getting more of that, fortunately. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we probably covered the majority of them, like, um, I can't think of any other space universe where, you know, short of like, I, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that there's, there's definitely that in some of the Gundam universe. Like, would you want to be like the pilot of a ship in Gundam? Cause they very much have like an active piloting role on those ships where they're more like, you know, those are closer to like flying a seven forty seven. You know, no, I no, I don't know. When I think something about Gundam, especially as militaristic as the Gundam series is, all I can really think about is like, hey, would you like to work on a submarine? Except it's in space. Well, that's any spaceship. No, I think it's more so for Gundam. Gundam seems very like. Nobody talks, everybody stand here, and then you go to your beds, and then you report. Like, it's very heavily military. Like, nothing, like, Star Trek, yeah, they're technically, like, a faux military kind of thing. 
Well, yeah, they're mostly they, military, but like or mercenary. Um, well, but like they like, they have active roles on those spaceships where they're like sitting in like pilots' chairs. There is a commander and a captain. There's absolutely an engineering crew. Like there's, yeah, no, there's the Gundam engineers and mechanics. There's no, the... it's it's the same as Star Wars though. It's that space fascism thing where it's like it doesn't matter what you do, you could have done that on not a ship, and it will suck either way. Like Star Wars and uh, Gundam basically just remind me of like a piece of shit nine to five or like volunteering to be in the military but in space, and that that just doesn't seem. If I'm if I'm living on my space fantasy here, the answer is I don't want to do that. Yeah, I I think there's Any a other. lot of space worlds and space IPs out there where it's just like I don't want to exist in that universe. That seems bad yeah. all the time. So what world do you want to be on? Not a spaceship. That's the answer. Well, and even in in a lot of those worlds, it's not on a spaceship not and any- not on a shitty planet. Yeah, not anywhere. Like, let's be honest. If we're talking about the Gundam universe, the answer is I don't really want to be on any of the spaceships. I want to be in a fucking Gundam. Yeah, you, you want to be the Gundam pilot is the only answer there. It's the only answer. Everything else is wrong. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's definitely... I think there is a small argument for the people that are like hardcore into mechanical work. They'd be like, it'd be fucking dope to work on the Gundams. Like, sure, that's your thing. I get it. Or like, you know, you could be a captain... And like be the, um, there's definitely like, there is a very clear strategist role where they like come up with battle plans and like tell the Gundams and the starships and fighters like, Hey, deploy here. Here's like your football play. Um, like that's a big part of iron blooded orphans is they have like a shot caller tactician. Um, so I think that's kind of the only other unique role that I've come across um, that's like a viable option that some people would choose over maybe just being a pilot. That's fair. Um, but yeah, other, otherwise, like if you don't pick Gundam pilot, like you're probably stupid. Your, your answer is definitely wrong. Gundam <laughs> like, pilot is fucking You, you don't want to pilot the giant robot killing machine. I'm sorry. What's wrong with you? He has um, a gun the size of Rhode Island, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah. His head is the size of a planet. Like, okay. Um, but no, I, I think we've pretty much covered everything as far as uh, space combat and spacefaring. I, I think uh, the pretty clear roles are like, do you want to drive? Do you want to command? Do you want to fight? Do you want to fix things? Or do you want to be a tactician, basically, are your options? Jim, you could be a fucking doctor. There's a doctor. Yeah, I forgot that one. Um, but no. I mean, I guess... And I guess if you removed, like, your personal, like, proficiencies and, like, tendencies... Like, I think the space doctor is a pretty cool role. Also, I like... There are <laughs> other roles. Like, this is one of the reasons I like Star Trek. is because you've got your main crew. But then you have auxiliary crew. That kind of changes depending on the starship, the mission, the captain. Um... Well, there's a couple of Star Treks where, like, you legitimately have a space psychiatrist. Like, yeah. fucking... Yeah, I mean, it's an option. Fuck yeah. it, why not? You know? I mean, they have the... And there's space doctors in uh, in uh, Star Wars, for sure. 
That's like, true. You could be a space like doctor there. Even in Firefly, I feel like a medic is a good thing to have. Generally, a medic is a good thing to have in any scenario. Um, but, like, I, I definitely feel like medic is, like, one of those things where, like, some universes you probably don't want to be the medic because it seems like you're dealing with awful trauma all the time. You want to be a medic in Starship Troopers. Yeah, you, you don't want to be the cameraman there either. Um, That's fair. And then, like, there's some universes, like, I, I definitely feel like Star Trek might be the most interesting one to be a medic, but also the most stressful, because it's it's always like, how do we deal with this weird space parasite? Like, there's a billion different, like, parasites and, like, awful space maladies that you have to deal with um whereas in something like star wars it's like well we've got a blaster wound like you're basically a a triage trauma surgeon um or it's like well he was cut in half by a lightsaber the good news is he's cauterized the wound the bad news is he's in two pieces so (laughs) it's it's pretty cut and dry literally um firefly had a very like uh it, it was a typical doctor role, almost. Yeah, there's just medic. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, shit happens. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, and they, they get everything from, like, gunshot wound to broken arm to, um, you know, fucking space parasites. Like, they get the whole gamut, right? And they kind of they kind of fill the role of, like, the psychiatrist as well to a point. And the captain arguably fills that role as well. Well, at least in Firefly, it seems like it's not that weird of a thing to have, uh, like, space horror as a fucking occupation. So that's always neat. That was definitely an option that was showcased on that show. Yeah. There was definitely intergalactic horror. Which, I mean, I I think Jay from Jay and Silent Bob would definitely fill that role. Um, You know, there he goes. Homeboy fucked an alien. <laughs> well, in Star Lord, I mean, I guess there's the Marvel universe, right? Yeah. Um, like he definitely was a ship captain, and he was also a pilot. So there's definitely a lot of like multi-role crossover in spaceships too. Um, also, arguably a space whore. Well, you gotta you gotta have. Space hoes coast to coast. Yeah, I mean, he really fucked the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, blue, I'm surprised green, we, red. I'm surprised we didn't talk more about space whores, because, like, I mean, there's a much stronger argument for wanting to live in, like, the Star Wars universe at that point, right? There's definitely space whores in Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, lots of... Of, them, of different varieties all over the to, galaxy. Very to the thing. point where Dancer is a class in a Star Wars video game. <laughs> so, and it's a support class, which is appropriate. Also a healer. You gotta, you gotta get some of that sexual healing. A fucking support class. It literally was. Uh, oh, that's horrible. I love it. Horrible. I see what you did there. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, Space Hose, Coast to Coast, definitely a viable option. Um, I haven't seen Space Wars in, in 
uh, Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen, and I'm really upset about it. Bethesda, if you're listening, um, we need we need Space Hose and Starfield. Don't disappoint. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We need an <laughs> MF Doom tribute mission, Space Hose, coast to coast. You need to acknowledge that, man. He was wonderful. Oh, God, that would be probably the best mission ever put into any video game ever um something with space ghost yeah you have to like rescue brack or some bullshit god that would be fantastic i would Um, love that game (laughs) also how many space games have we had and i feel like there's just not enough mentions to futurama at this point yeah oh now that's a world i don't want to exist in by the way Oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. Everything is bad. Bad all the time. Even the good is bad. (laughs) The good is bad. The bad is bad. Everything's bad. Yeah. Oh, God. No, I don't want to exist in that universe. Oh, that's one of those ones where it's like, what do you want to be? I don't. (laughs) Like, they put suicide boots in that universe. There's a reason. Like, that, they were in high enough demand there were suicide booths on every corner. Um, not a good universe. But, um, yeah, I, I think we have finally covered the entire universe right. of right. space games, gonna, having gonna... covered Space Hose. Um, it had to be said. Maybe the know, best job in the universe. Um, but Watch yeah. your way across the galaxy. You know, fuck the rainbow. Just... Just hose of every color, every gender, every race, alien race. Not like aliens. That's all <laughs> aliens. All we can right now is that meme. Just yeah, <laughs> fucking aliens. Take that how you would like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I I think that's a fun discussion. Like, like we we definitely don't have a proclivity for engineering. Uh, mechanical work or combat is what we've discovered here uh, with my sole exception of wanting to drive a TIE fighter or fly a TIE fighter um, or a wing because they were cool. Not because combat fun, <laughs> not because combat fun. Um, you're like yeah. a space, you're like a space pacifist, but you want a lot of guns on your ship anyway. I mean, like, I you got to protect your space hose. Yeah, I don't want to get into a fight, but but I, I want to win if I do. Fight, I don't <laughs> want it to take long, and I don't want to lose. <laughs> Big fan of turret weapons over here. <laughs> Big fan. Um, all right, man. Well, that was fun. Yep. Um, we'll have to come up with another fun, uh, fun topic like this. I know we had another one we talked about too. Um, oh, oh know, the superhero I, I, thing. Well, and I've also, I've been watching and rewatching and playing a lot of Walking Dead stuff. Yeah. And uh, I feel like, especially with October coming up, we definitely have to have a zombie conversation. That's going to have to happen. I can have a zombie conversation, but I'll, I'll warn you ahead of time. I've watched almost none of the Walking Dead and hated everything I've seen. That's fine. You don't need to watch. But I've, I've watched a lot of other zombie stuff. So yeah, I mean, you can just watch zombie stuff. That that's, uh, that's all you need to know. Um, but yeah, we, we should definitely talk about the Zambies. And then I think um, the other fun one to talk about is like something superhero related. 
Like if you were going to live in like, there's a lot of different things to talk about. I don't think it's like a single topic conversation, but like if you were going to live in like a superhero city, like, uh, uh, what's the metropolis or Gotham, which who wants to live in Gotham, by the way? Um, yeah, yeah. Literally psychopaths, criminals. That's who chooses that is people (laughs) that are criminals. People who choose crime. Yeah, they woke up and chose violence and lived in Gotham. Um, I want to wake up and choose violence one day. And then there's there's obviously the like what superpowers or like what superheroes power set and setbacks would you want to have? And like everybody's like, oh, I want to be Superman. But like it doesn't have to be a conversation of like what's the strongest. You could be like, I want to be fucking Mr. Invisible so that I can see naked bitches. Like, like viable option. Um, no, I'm here for it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do th- that. There's fun conversations to be had there. So I think we've got some other fun stuff to talk about. Um, but uh, I think that's it for uh, what would you do on a spaceship? Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, you guys have a good week, and um, I will chat with you guys later. Have a week. Have a week.